Hello, party people. Welcome in. This is episode 71 of the SoCo Show. Uh, way out in eastern Iowa, I am joined by Seth Ott. Hello. And I uh, am in Oregon, and I, because I lost the new release rectal exam last week, uh, I don't know what I am. Who am I, Seth? <laughs> well, uh, this one was... I had this name picked out months ago. I mean, this is this is the last time that uh, that you the fir- the first time you won. I had this name picked out. So now this has kind of become poorly uh, poorly timed. Oh God! <laughs> but it still makes me laugh anyway. Um, your your name for the next uh, four episodes of the Silco Show is uh, your your name is uh, SpongeCo Square Beans. <laughs> I actually kind of like it. Uh, I may I may keep that one after the month is over. Sponge Co. Square Beans. Yeah. Uh, I am I am out here in Bend, Oregon, ready to bring you the SoCo Show. We got an exciting show. Uh, lots of new news. A uh, couple reviews from Seth. A uh, big, huge MCU trailer dropped. We're going to talk about that. Uh, huge not week Avengers. in the NFL. Not Avengers. No, not yet. At least, uh, at least not as of recording. Uh, lots of really interesting news that I'm excited to talk about uh, today, but we're going to start like we always do with some chic tweets. I call you a punk. This one actually was a, a, a direct tweet to at Cody Michael or Cody underscore Cody Michael, whatever your tweet is, Twitter account is. Um, Wait, he tweeted at me? Yeah, he tweeted right at you. So, oh, okay. Uh, so here you go. He said, <laughs> at Cody Michael. Here's a friendly reminder: you are a jabroni. <laughs> I I must have missed that in my notifications, but uh, it's good to know that the sheik thinks that I'm a jabroni. That actually, I know that that's an insult, but uh, I'm actually kind of honored that the sheik would call me that. I'm humbled, even. Yeah, you, you should you should you should you should feel humbled and uh, get ready for a broken neck. <laughs> yeah, that's what I fucking need. Uh, broken neck from. You know what? If if the sheik did show up and try to uh, make me humble, I would just put on some Rob Thomas and we would just chill out. Yeah. I mean, you are in Oregon, so you might have a, a chill time. Yeah, it'd be super chill, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Dude. Dude. Let me tell you something, dude. It's going to be good stuff. Uh, me and the Sheik listening to Rob Thomas this week in Sheik Tweets. I call you a punk. So we are usually light on the video games, um, other than certain times of the year, but actually we have a few things to talk about this week, so let's jump into it. Video games! Whoa! The biggest huh. piece of news to come out of video games in a long time, at least as far as I'm concerned, is that we have... And I want to be clear about this. This is not official yet, but there are apparently teasers out there, secret teasers, that are suggesting that an announcement is upcoming for a remastered version of Crash Team Racing, which, if all of this is true, this is the most excited I've been for a video game in years because I absolutely want to get CTR, and I think this would be the perfect game for us both to get so I could crush you online in. I was just about to say, uh, (laughs) that actually would be fun to play online now that you, i keep forgetting you have a playstation that you've joined the correct uh correct console in the console wars so i don't know if the console's correct but the game i have is correct because i am now like 92 percent on spider-man in fact actually <laughs> after we're done recording tonight i have to go beat up uh, dr octopus so um as <laughs> we gotta wrap this thing up soon because new york needs me 
and I have been playing the fuck out of Spider-Man, like, a lot. Yeah. Well, good to know you'll be beating off Dr. Octopus. That'll be fun. That'll be eight, <laughs> eight limbs that you have to worry about there. <laughs> uh, Crash Team Racing coming out. Uh, did, you, did you own CTR back in the day? Of course. It had, uh, it had a demo for Spyro, I think, Spyro Year of the Dragon on it? It, it was either Spyro, Spyro 3. Spyro, that's the Spyro Year of the Dragon. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I that was the kind of cheat code that I loved because at the menu you had to slap a bunch of like a combo of buttons and then mm-hmm. it would send you in. Oh, it was, yeah, those were fun. I remember playing the shit out of that Spyro demo, even though Spyro sucks. No, it does not. <laughs> I was just start. I just started Ripto's Rage. I beat the first Spyro. I got ninety nine percent. Well, get the hundred, man. You're too close not to not to do it now. There, I, there's frustrating flight levels that are almost impossible to get. Um. You have to like get there's like different obstacles you have to destroy, and to you have the to get to come 100 those levels you have to get it all in one one go and it's extremely hard and I'm not gonna break my controller over it like I did when I was a kid so I've learned <laughs> how to control my anger over time. Well, that's good. Uh, I have been similarly frustrated by the drone levels on Spider-Man. Oh, I know. And yeah, I definitely agree. I played one for like an hour the other night and, and had to stop because it was raising my blood pressure. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So Crash Team Racing getting a, a remaster. It sounds like we're just always going to kind of be getting these. Mm-hmm. Um, one, So two questions. One, do you, uh, do you enjoy this? Do you like getting these old games back? And two, do you think they're, do you think CTR is a good next one? Yeah, I think it's, I think it is. I, I would like if they did a CTR Crash Bash combo. I think that would be a lot of fun, especially oh, now Crash with Crash Bash, Bash you so can do it online. Fun. Yeah. That'd be cool. Um, but I do like the remasters. I I thought I wouldn't, but like going through and playing Spyro, um, they do enough in terms of like updating the controls and updating the graphics and all that stuff where it it feels it feels nostalgic, but it also feels new. So I don't feel like I'm getting gypped of playing an old game. Like it, it feels it just feels like an updated version of it, which is which is pretty nice. So uh, I'm definitely up for this, especially with CTR, because that'll be that's even less of like every you know, every game you play is going to be different. There's a there's a competition challenge to it. Same thing with Crash Bash if they ever did that. So I think that'd be I think I think it'll be a lot of fun and I'll definitely pick it up. Yeah, same here. Um, I'll, I'll even, uh, if you weren't going to get one, then I was going to get you a copy because I'm going to crush you in that. Like, we argue about Mario Kart, but I am certifiably the best person in the world at Crash Team Racing. So <laughs> I am very eager to try that against the masses online. All right, let's turn to some new games. So th- there's we're in this time, so the Game Awards are coming up. I think it might be this weekend. And there are a lot of things that we expect will be revealed or teased or somehow present at the Game Awards. And so a lot of the CTR part and then a couple of what we're about to talk about are like, basically, it's a there, there have been teasers that say that we might get announcements for these things at the Games Awards. And so it's like, it's very preemptive. But uh, a couple of the other games that uh, we may get are pretty exciting. One of them is Far Cry. And we just got the latest Far Cry this year. I know you picked that up. That's the Montana-based uh, crazy uh, religious cult out there uh, in the latest edition. So potentially another Far Cry about to be announced, but it hasn't been yet. I know you've picked up the last couple Far Cries. Are you excited for another installment? Uh, it'll depend on what it is. The only reason I picked up this one is because it was more based um, locally and kind of had a different flair to it. So a lot of the other Far Cries are kind of overseas and stuff like that. And so I'm, it's sporadic uh, on what ones I pick up. But 
it'll it'll depend um you know i could definitely see them putting a different flair to it maybe going more in the future because they've done the past they've done prehistoric times maybe they do something more futuristic type thing um I mean, this is all just just maybe guesses, so I, I have no idea what it actually is going to be. But because they've done a lot of different places, so um, th- that would be kind of cool. It, it'll just depend on what flair they put on it for me. Yeah, I haven't played any of these Far Cry games. They just don't really seem like my bag. But I know that they are a big draw, so I'm sure that's going to garner a lot of excitement if it is, in fact, announced at the uh, Games Awards. Uh, another one of these pre teasers for a teaser. Uh, has come in a game you've picked up every Batman game that's come out in the last 20 years uh, and it sounds like we might be getting another one sometime soon uh yeah they they uh there's a little tease for uh, what could potentially be a new Batman game um it, it and it's it was teased by the same studio who did the Arkham series uh or at least the last two they did Arkham Origins and Arkham um Arkham Knight um so it's Warner Brother, Warner Brothers Montreal. Um, so it could be a similarly. I don't know if it'll be in the same same story, same arc uh, as those games or the Arkham series, uh, because they kind of ended it with the last one. But there was a little tease at the end of it too. So, but it's uh, the Court of Owls, which is something that's actually been introduced in the, the show Gotham. They're kind of like an uppity uh, elite group in in Gotham who. They, they basically, they, you know, they, they want to run Gotham and they want Gotham to be their own, they want Gotham to be their, their vision type thing. And then they'll, they'll kill and stuff like that in order to get what they want. So, uh, it could be interesting. I, I, I would definitely pick it up if, especially if it's made by the same team. Cause I, I love those games so much. They're, they're a lot of fun. So I'll be excited if they announce something similar to that. Yeah. Batman, another, much like Far Cry, another one that uh, people are going to probably freak out about. If this is another one, um, and I know that Batman to you is Spider-Man to me, so no surprise here that you're uh, probably a day one buyer of, of a new Batman game if it is announced. So very oh, exciting yeah. times. Uh, one thing that we are not going to be hearing from, uh, we got an official kibosh on the rumor that we would be getting an announcement, Seth, for uh, another AAA title that is highly anticipated on the PS4. Yeah, last uh, Naughty Dog came out and officially announced Last of Us will not be at the Game Awards, which actually doesn't surprise me, especially knowing how Sony uh, has kept a lot of things to close to the vest with not being at E3, like we talked about, not doing their PSX uh, experience thing that they that they usually do. Um, this game really, I mean, they showed a little bit at E3, but not a whole lot. Just that was the first gameplay footage they'd shown, so not surprised by this at all. Um, I I am starting the more and more they they delay this, the more and more they um, don't show things and kind of keep things close. I, the more I think this might be a PS5 game, this might be like a PS5 launch game, um, which doesn't make me mad because the, the longer they spend on this game, the better it's going to be and the more the more they, they put into it. So if I have to wait another two years or three years, whenever the, the PS5 comes out, I will instantly have a PS5 and I will instantly buy this game and play it. So um, most people will be mad at that. But with video games, we've talked about this before. Um, take as long as you need to make it right. Yeah, I agree. And I think that making it a launch title would be really wise. I think depending on when the PS5 is slated to come out, and we don't have that detail yet, if The Last of Us is a release title, that's going to go a long way. Uh, I think that potentially a sequel to Spider-Man would be another exciting uh, launch title. A God of War sequel is another one. Depending on the timing of the release of the console, we could be getting into that time where we're thinking about release titles for PS5 and, and The Last of Us would be... I think for for PlayStation and for Naughty Dog, a very smart one to put on Mm -hmm. there because they're going to sell a lot of consoles if you have to get it to play Last of Us 2. Yep. 
let me ask you this what do you are you here for all of the, i am personally kind of frustrated by being teased for a teaser um <laughs> do you, are you similar like i am not here for are you here for that kind of stuff like I, I don't get pumped about it when i see it you know if if one's there and it's kind of like fun and creative i you know it's like oh that's nice uh, but especially with video games i don't get like i don't get uh as like anxious about wanting to play a game as i do like wanting to see a movie or that type of thing um with games like i said just before it's it's it, the longer they take usually with a game, the better quality it turns out to be. Video games generally are higher quality anyway, especially AAA titles. You don't see a lot of disappointing AAA titles anymore because they spend so much time with it. So if they give me a little tease for a game that's being announced, I'm like, oh, that's cool. And like the Crash Team Racing one, like you mentioned, there there's a cool little like uh, potentially puzzle in there uh, for the release date. Um, so that's kind of neat. Uh, Spyro kind of did this, uh, some similar things too, with some, some tweets and, and all that. And, um, you know, I'm, I was happy with that finished product. So, uh, it's not that I, I don't, I don't love them. I don't hate them. I, I just, you know, it's, it's kind of cool when they do them. Yeah. For me, I think it just extends the amount of time that I'm aware of the thing. And that just kind of frustrates me. Um, we'll <laughs> talk more about this when we get into movie trailers later on, but, uh, yeah, I just make the official announcement when the time is right, but I don't need all of the I don't need all the foreplay before the official announcement. Just give me the, that's probably why, um, never mind. Um, <laughs> let's, uh, let's skip for a lot of cool video game stuff. We'll probably be updating on, uh, some of the announcements and things that came out of the game awards, uh, in next week's show. So make sure you come back for that. We'll have everything that was announced there. Uh, but for now we got to move on and we're going to get into our one word summaries. summaries is the segment where Seth has gone through the interwebs and found three wacky news stories. He has summarized each with just one word and will be telling me each of those three words. Uh, Based on those one word summaries, I'll be choosing a story that we're going to discuss further. Uh, But fret not, if we don't choose the story you wanted to hear about, all three links will be available in the description box where you can also find links to all of our sponsors and uh, all the other fun stuff and stories and timestamps four things that we talked about today in case you want to skip around in the show. So lots of good stuff to be found in the description box. But for now, Seth, we got one word summaries. What do you got for us? Your words are, <laughs> I already know what you're going to pick. Uh, <laughs> knife, contestant, and poon. All right, poon. Let's just get it right to the poon. <laughs> <laughs> That's the title. Right, right to the to poon. The poon. <laughs> Let's just skip it right to the poon. <laughs> All right. Well, at least give me the title for the other one. Uh, Florida woman pulled knife on man who complained about her farts. Oh, been there. What was the other one? Contestant? Yeah, contestant. Jeopardy contestant confuses Kid Cuddy for Uncle Cracker. Oh, no. <laughs> but the poon. Yes, poon, I, please. <laughs> poon, please. Uh <laughs> Twitter users can't get enough of Al Roker's poon. <laughs> oh, that's nasty. <laughs> okay, um, part of me wants to not know what that means and just go forward with that in my brain. Um, no, but it's, I am, it's I am morbidly curious. I got. Uh, by the way, impressed that you got through that title without stopping. Um, but... <laughs> Wait, what are we talking about here? What's Al Roker's poon? <laughs> okay. 
when Roker was asked the origin of so this is like the the subtitle when Roker was asked the origin of the dish's name he said simply because that's what my mother told us it was <laughs> so here's the story a lot of twitter users are dishing about Al Roker's favorite holiday dish poon on Wednesday's Today Show, Roker demonstrated how to make a concoction called Sweet Potato Poon. <laughs> a That's dish the name he described... of a stripper I met once. Oh my god. A dish he described as sort of a sweet potato pie without the crust. Um, what Roker didn't mention is the alternative meaning of the word poon. A slang word for a woman's vagina. <laughs> According to the Urban Dictionary and 1977 Ted Nugent Diddy, Wang Dang Sweet Poon <laughs> I fucking hate Ted Nugent, but God bless him for that title. <laughs> oh my God. Here... <laughs> However, as Decider.com notes, that didn't stop Roker from discussing the importance of warm poon. <laughs> and how a little pineapple can make poon extra sweet. Are you fucking kidding me? That's made up. There's no way. Oh my god. Oh, fuck. Yeah, that's pretty much the best parts of it. That makes a lot more sense out of that Jason Biggs scene in American Pie, though. Oh, my god. I just love so much that... Al Roker grew up eating poon. <laughs> oh. oh my god. I bet you... that. Do you think that's one of those things his parents just have no clue and never did? Or do you think like it was a tongue-in-cheek? Like, this reminds me of two things. Uh, either one, it, Al Roker's parents are a lot like my dad, who convinced a five-year-old Cody to name his new dog Boner. <laughs> Because, because dogs like bones, right? So, like, he knew what he was saying. But then the other, the other story that comes to mind is um, where, I, where I used to work. Uh, someone told me a story about a guy who brought his family's salsa recipe to work. And the, his family had called that porch monkey salsa. And, <laughs> and they didn't know why. It, they didn't know that was a bad thing to call your salsa. And so I wonder if it was intentionally his parents were fucking with him or they just had no clue that Poon meant what Poon means. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I feel like so I'm assuming since it's Al Roker's mother's dish, she started making Poon. She called because like we all call things weird stuff like I had there was a food uh, when I was when I was a kid called chicken goop. And like it's just a weird, <laughs> weird name for chicken casserole, essentially. Um, so like Al Roker's mom, probably when she was you know started making poon in the 40s um <laughs> she probably just called it poon she's like oh you know this is delicious i'm gonna just call it poon and then <laughs> al roker in like the 60s and then up into 1977 was you know wanted poon for dinner and then and then Don't ted nugent all. comes out ted nugent comes out with the fucking song wang dang sweet poon dang <laughs> Which I had no idea that's where Poontang came from. But Is that really the origin of the... That's hilarious I, if it is. That's what I guess. That's from Urban Dictionary. It says, according to, to Urban Dictionary and the 1977 Ted Nugent Diddy, Wayne Dang, sweet Poontang. <laughs> oh my god. That's that where Poon comes from. Incredible. So I feel like... And then... and I, I here, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I doubt Al Roker was a big Ted Nugent fan growing up. So, <laughs> I, yeah, I would doubt it heavily. So I, I don't know if Poon ever, and then, you know, now he's what probably in his 60s or whatever. So he, you know, the Poon is not a word that's commonly in his vocabulary. So well, he did hang out with Matt Lauer a lot, so. Yeah. 
Oh, I guess that's, that's true. nasty. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's that's definitely my favorite story uh, ever. So that is brilliant. I think we can retire one word summaries because we're never going to top that. That is easily <laughs> the best one. We have been searching for that particular story, and now the search is over. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, Definitely uh, worthy of this sounder. Nice. 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 So we had (laughs) Al Roker's mother's sweet, sweet poon, the best story we've ever had (laughs) this week in one word summaries. Those other two stories were probably actually pretty good ones, but they were just completely overshadowed. <laughs> and I, overshadowed and I, by Al Roker's poon. Yeah, and I, I think that's okay. I think that's okay. So, uh, let's get moving forward. I, Seth, I got to tell you, I'm a little fired up, and I'm very excited to talk this week about sports. Sports. And boom goes the dynamite. It was a big week 13 in the NFL. Uh, I will briefly mention that I locked up a fantasy football playoff berth this week, so very excited to be going forward uh, for the championship. Um, First one in five years. Hey, that's not important to mention at all. Um, Let's see, who were, uh, what were some of the big games? Chiefs win, uh, Chargers beat the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday night. That was a really good game. Did you catch that one? Uh, The end of it. I didn't really watch most, I watched like the last... Two minutes, I think. Yeah. Really interesting game, though. Steelers came out, looked like they were going to dominate, and then the Chargers really just fought their way back over the course of this game. Uh, it was a little bit of a wacky game, but that seems to be how the Steelers always play. Uh, I got to tell you, I, I love the Chargers, man. Um, I am having a lot more faith now in their ability to maybe get through the AFC and have a chance at making that an all-LA Super Bowl. They do. They're a game. They're a game behind the Kansas City Chiefs right now. Uh, only one game. I feel like everyone thinks that the Chiefs are a foregone conclusion in the AFC West. The Chiefs and Chargers still get to play each other again. So there's a chance that the Chargers could get the AFC West and uh, some home games at that soccer stadium that they play at that sad ass field. <laughs> but uh, what do you think? Are you uh, where are you on the Chargers? Are you a believer yet? Uh, I I wouldn't say. I mean, they're they're definitely a good team. They just. They haven't, I mean, up until beating the Steelers, they really haven't beat a lot of high-level competition. I mean, they've been close against teams like the Rams, but they haven't really beat the high-level competition. They've beat teams that they should, and that's part of it. I mean, that's what gets you to the playoffs, but once you hit hit the playoffs, it's kind of, you're playing, especially after the first round, you're playing teams that are at par better better than you. Um, The the Chargers are going to, unfortunately, be, I, I I think the Chiefs will win the the division um and so the, the chargers are going to be at the on that unfortunate place of probably being the fifth seed so they'll, they'll get more than likely through the first round and then have to play one of those high level teams and that's where i don't think they'll be able to to uh to pull it out so um we'll see though i mean there's still a few weeks left but i i just i don't see the chargers quite there to the to the level of uh especially in offense i don't see the 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 level of offense where they can match the Chiefs, and the defense is good, but it's not great. Um, Joey Bosa is going to have to play out of his mind in order to be, uh, to, for them to be com- completely uh, matched with with a lot of these teams. So I think they can beat teams like the Patriots, though. I, th- I think the Patriots are beatable, even after putting a hurting on the Vikings. I think the Patriots are still pretty beatable, um, but I 
the Chiefs are going to be too, too, I think it'd be too tough to get past. Yeah, we shall see. Uh, I'm convinced that we'll make a believer out of you at some point in the season. Really looking forward to the Chargers and Chiefs matchup. That game is coming up, let's see, not this week, not in week 14, but in week 15. The Chargers will go to the Chiefs. It is a Thursday night game, so very excited to pick that one next week. (laughs) Uh, I hate Thursday night games. Yeah, we'll come uh We'll come back around to some Thursday stuff in a little bit, but let, let's stick in the a- AFC. Uh, the uh, the losing side of that game we just talked about was the Steelers, and it seemed for a while in this one like they were trying to lose it. I, I really don't I don't know what's up with the Steelers. They're great, and then they're not. They lose James mm-hmm. Conner in this game. He's going to be out for at least this week. It could potentially be more. Sounds like it's a pretty severely sprained ankle, uh, mm-hmm. which is not great for my fantasy team. Do you <laughs> think that that's does that harm your belief in what the Steelers can do the rest of the way if they are if they are without James Conner for any amount of time? No, not really. I think uh, Conner's been kind of down uh, for a good stretch in terms of the, the running game. Uh, Jalen Samuels is actually a better pass-catching back than James Conner is, too. So I... Uh, I, I think they'll be fine. I think they're gonna because they have to play some high-profile teams like the Patriots. They got to play the the Saints too, so they're gonna have to throw it no matter what. Um, both have really good run defenses too, so I don't think it really hurts the upcoming outlook. Um, and then you know if if it comes to the playoffs and they have to play a, a, a team like the the Chiefs, the they don't have much of a run defense, so you could put pretty much anyone behind <laughs> behind uh, uh, that offensive line and, and they'll be okay against a team like that. So. Uh, I think the, the the Steelers have enough offense, and they tend to show up and and play really tough when it actually matters. Um, I, I don't think a lot of these. The, the, I, I don't think like the the Chargers game. I think they just kind of let that one go um, at, at the end. And um, you know, some of these like the, the the Saints game, like they're they're already out of a place where they're going to get home field advantage at this point. I think so. Um, I don't think they're really going to be playing too tough down the road, down down the stretch here. I think they'll they'll be they'll show they'll they'll show enough uh, to show like they're still a contender, but I don't think they're going to be, you know, trying to win all these games uh, super tough. So um, I think they'll be fine when it comes to the playoff time, though. They usually are. Yeah, I am. We're opposites today. I'm I'm down on the Steelers a little bit and and up on the Chargers. I think the Steelers the Steelers remind me of when I used to play Madden football with my brother when I was a kid. Um, I was better than him, and I knew that. But I never wanted to crush him or he wouldn't play me again. So I always made sure to keep it really close throughout the game. And then I would try to just win it in the fourth quarter. And occasionally, that bites you in the ass. Uh, That happened against the Chargers. Mm -hmm. They had that game in control. That's happened multiple games this season. That happened to them in Denver um, last week. So I I think that's the danger that the Steelers are in. They're only as good as the team they're playing against. That that has become very clear in a lot of games this season. Shit, they Mm -hmm. tied the Browns. So... That's what worries me about them because if you get in the fourth quarter, five minutes to go, and you're tied with Tom Brady, uh, you're probably going to lose. If you're tied with the Chiefs in the last five minutes of a game, the pretty good chance you're losing that one. Phillip Rivers is on the other side of the field. You just lost that game. So I think this the, the way the Steelers seem to want to play games, just I don't like it in the playoffs. So we'll see. We saw it last year with them against uh, Jacksonville. So I, we'll see. But I'm not as high on the Steelers as a lot of teams are. And part of the reason why is they, they there's – they're in real danger of losing their division. They they have a uh, they have a game, they have half a game on the Ravens, who have now won three straight behind Lamar Jackson. They are the top. Uh, they're the second wild card spot right now behind the Chargers, sitting at seven and five, and right behind the Steelers. I think I know the answer to this, but are you a believer in the Ravens? No, not at all. Um, 
the last three games they've played are against teams like who the hell, they played the the Bengals who are garbage. Um, they played Oakland who is garbage. Um, they they played a bunch of garbage teams. Now uh, they do play the Chiefs, and I think Lamar Jackson is is going to start. I think their matchup, just like how I correctly uh, stated that the <laughs> that the Cowboys game against the Saints last week could have been a trap game. Um, I think this could also be one, and the reason for that is they play just like the Cowboys played opposite style of the Saints. The the Ravens play an opposite style of the the Chiefs, whereas they they play awesome defense and they slow the game down. So I think if Lamar Jackson plays that game, I think there's a chance that um, they slow the game down. And they keep it they keep it close. Now Lamar Jackson has not thrown for more than 175 yards in a game this season. So uh, if they need to score a touchdown, they're going to have to do it on the ground. Um, but I, there, there, I think there's a chance um, that they could potentially uh, sneak one by by the Chiefs by playing their style of football. Now, if it gets early, if it gets out ahead early, if the Chiefs go out there and score you know two touchdowns in the first quarter, it's over. But if if the Ravens can play defense and control the the pace of the game and control the clock, I think there could be a chance they they win that game. Is that long term sustained se- success? Do I think the Ravens will be able to do that throughout the entire playoffs? No, that style of football doesn't work. Uh, right now in the NFL for long term, but can they catch a couple teams? I could see that. Yeah, I agree with you too. I'm not, I, I don't think the Ravens are making a run. I would love to see them beat the Chiefs, especially because that uh, could potentially put the Chargers in the driving seat. But yeah, I, I like the Ravens as a story. I like what Lamar Jackson is doing so far. It's different. I, it's kind of sexy. It's cool. Um, but I, I don't think it's going to get them all the way to the big game. Of course, the Patriots are about a game away from clinching their division. They're going to be right in the mix for a first-round bye. Um, it's going to depend on them, the Chargers and Chiefs, and maybe the Steelers, uh, kind of who gets those number one and two seeds. So watch out for the Patriots. They're playing great football. They uh, kind of took it to your Vikings on Sunday mm-hmm. night. What did you see in that game, um, and how does it how does it alter your opinion on how deep the Patriots can go? I got to tell you, I mean, even watching them put up, I mean, it was a two-score two game, um, but it kind of wasn't, I think a lot of that was just the Vikings couldn't do a whole lot. Uh, I think the Patriots defense really helped him out a lot because watching Tom Brady, I, I don't, I don't see Tom Brady right now. Um, he, he is under throwing a lot of guys and he, he, I mean, he's just missing guys completely. There's a lot of balls, uh, at James White's feet, uh, during that game. Um, Josh Gordon kind of helped, really helped at a run after the catch and, and a couple, kind of in a couple scenarios, uh, that really helped uh, their their offense, which I mean is part of the offense. But uh, Tom Brady, I, he's he doesn't quite have that same zip that he used to have, um, I, and I don't think that defense um, is 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 going to be uh, one that really helps them win a ton of games. I, th- I think what they do best is take away your best player, and they did that on on Sunday again. They took away Adam Thielen, and and they did an awesome job of it. <laughs> and so um, that that's what they do best. But I don't. Look, I mean, you look at the Chiefs, and um, they have a lot of best players on their team, even though they lost one of them <laughs> this week. But um, they have a lot of the, they have a lot of best players, and I think when it comes down to, to crunch time, it's uh, that that's going to be a tough, tough uh, assignment for the for the Patriots, especially seeing how Tom Brady's been playing lately. Uh, he he, I think he has um, the highest uh, underthrown percentage in the NFL right now, and he's he's just not looking like himself right now. So I. I do I think they'll get a first round by probably just because of the, their upcoming schedule and, and because of uh, the team is coached very well, but 
I, I don't see the team Tom Brady game winning quarterback that we've seen, you know, in the last 20 years. He's, he's not as, yeah, he's not as sharp as he was once. Uh, I think there's a country song that says something to that effect, but he's still better than most. And I am certainly not counting him out in any way. Uh, and I'm not accusing you of doing so either, but um, get Tom in the playoffs and, and we'll see. I still think that he is one of the top quarterbacks, certainly in the top five or three. Um, and he's the, the, the experience that he has and the experience that that coaching staff has, I think is a great equalizer. And so, right. you know, even if he's not at a hundred percent, I think he still is a huge threat to take his, take the Patriots all the way. Um, yeah. The AFC, I mean, I agree with that. I mean, Tom, Tom Brady, I mean, any, any game, I mean, like you said, experience is, is crazy and his, and his, his uh, football IQ is better than anyone in the NFL. So there's always a chance. There's always, uh, there's always a, um, the chance he's going to win a game, but I just watching him, just watching him play. It, it's, it looks different. It looks a lot different than what I've seen. And I, I, I feel like the Patriots, how they, how they've been, especially like normally when you see the Patriots this time of year, they're surging this time of year, the Patriots are surging. They're beating teams by, you know, 20, 30 points. They're, they're they're scoring points everywhere you know like they're they're on a roll and you're talking you're right now this time of year normally you're talking about the Patriots being the favorite and right now you're not doing that right now they're I mean they again they put a hurting on the Vikings but the Vikings didn't score that much and they they've been close a lot of games they've they've been close in a lot of games where they should have blown teams out the Jets uh not you know the week before they played the Vikings were almost you know the, the Jets were close uh through that entire game so it's it just I don't see the same Patriots that I've seen it's going to be interesting to see if they can build up some momentum four games to go and they are going to be gunning for that number one spot. So uh, we'll see if they can get some momentum behind them going into the playoffs. Uh, you've mentioned it a couple of times. They uh, kind of handled the Vikes, even though the scoreboard didn't show a huge, huge spread. Uh, that was all Patriots. Uh, what do you think? The, so the Vikings lose, but it doesn't hurt them because the Bears also lost in kind of a shitty game because there's no Trubisky. We'll come back to that in a second. Uh, you worried about your Vikes, even though they're still only a game back? Well, how long have I been saying that I don't think they're a very good team? So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been saying it since pretty much week one um, that I, that I was worried about them, and uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm not surprised by this outcome. Um, I knew going in that this was going to happen. Um, I, I wish they would have put up a better fight, but I mean, they only beat the the crappy Packers by a touchdown the week before. So, um, I I mean, I'm not I, I'm not super surprised by that outcome, and. Um, do I think they can make, make a wild card spot? It, it'll depend on, um, what happens this week against the, the Seahawks on Monday night. Huge if they, if they beat, yeah, if they beat the Seahawks, they're in pretty prime position. Uh, they, I mean, this is their, t- the toughest stretch they've had, uh, by, because they played Patriots and then they had the Seahawks on the, on the road. And then they got the, the Dolphins at home, the Lions on the road and the Bears at home. So, uh, that, I mean, that's, that's not too tough of a schedule other than, other than the Bears, but um, this this week will determine. I mean, if they lose this game, they have to win three straight, and they have to get a little help uh, to make sure they're in a good position. So, uh, do I think they can win? I think they can beat the Seahawks. It'll be a tough game. Uh, do I think they'll make the playoffs? Uh, we'll see. It'll, it'll be an interesting interesting last four games. In that division, like I said, they're they're not hurt by the loss because the Bears also lost. The Bears are weak right now. Um, you could say it's because of Trubisky, but he really wasn't lighting the world up before either. Uh, you know, Chase Daniel's not probably going to win you a lot of football games. That defense still playing well. Uh, Trubisky may be coming back this Sunday night against the Rams in a game I'm incredibly excited to watch. I think those two teams match up very well. Um, 
so with what you've seen with Trubisky and without, do you think this team is ready to make a run at all with, let's assume he is back this week? Is this team ready to make a run with Mitch Trubisky? Yeah, no. <laughs> Not, no. I, I don't believe so. Um, uh, we'll see. Uh, I, I don't think they're going to make a run this year. They're maybe one or two years off from making a serious run uh, in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, a couple more things to quick touch on in the NFC. Uh, the Bears will go up against the Rams this Sunday night. The Rams are the first team to clinch a playoff berth. They have won the NFC West for the second year in a row, and they're looking good. Uh, you know, they, the, the Lions was kind of an up-and-down game, but they ended up handling them in the end. Uh, I think the Rams are ready to rock and roll. Uh, they will go into the Bears and uh, show everybody what Seth is trying to tell us in that they're not ready. The Seahawks uh, will not be winning the NFC West, but they are playing fantastic football. Uh, now that I'm out West, I have their games on TV. And I got to tell you, man, what I'm seeing out of Russell Wilson this season is insane. And he's always been a good quarterback. I don't think he's doing anything mm-hmm. that's that's better than how he always is. But I'm coming around on him. He's a guy that I love. This is a team that can run the ball. This is a team that... Uh, has an okay defense. They're, they're not great. Certainly not the Seahawks of old. Uh, they are in the top wild card spot. I think this is a team that you could see upsetting a team like the Bears in the wild card round. Do you disagree? Oh yeah. Oh I, yeah. I agree with that uh, completely. They, they're they, yeah. They they match up really well with the Bears, and I think they can they can exploit some things that the Bears are kind of poor at. So yeah. Uh, no, I agree with that. And the Seahawks. They, you know, we count them out every year, but they, you know, especially the, you know, last few years. But, you know, Russell Wilson, he's he's kind of doing what uh, Aaron Rodgers hasn't been able to do this year, and he's he's pulling pulling magic out, and he's leading the team. Uh, he's he's a he's a natural leader, and he's very very physically gifted on the football field. So, love it. He's so fun to watch. Uh, in his game this last week against San Francisco, his first four passes, three of them were touchdowns. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, I think another team they could potentially upset are the Dallas Cowboys, who uh, they will play the Eagles this week. They can essentially eliminate the Eagles from uh, playoff contention with a win and uh, virtually lock in the NFC East. Cowboys are playing really well. They're winners of four straight. They just beat the Saints last week, um, which we suspected but did not have the balls to pick. So we both missed on that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you are you higher or lower on the Cowboys as compared to the Bears? I think ugh, that's a tough one um, because we don't, you know, even though I don't think Trubisky is a huge difference, um, we still don't know what that team looks like completely full strength. Um, whereas the, the Cowboys have been kind of surging. I think I think the Bears definitely have a better defense, whereas I think the Cowboys have a better offense. Um, but the Cowboys have a Cowboys have actually had a top five or ten defense. Uh, the, over the last, uh, I think, five or six weeks, too. So Man, they're not, they they're not any slouches. The Saints. They were flying yeah. against the Saints. That was that was good. That was fun to watch. Yeah. So I uh, I think just because of, and especially this time of year, the, the team that is hot and the team that is streaking, that's the team that usually uh, has the better, has, has the best uh, playoff uh, run. So I think I might go with Cow. I might lean towards the Cowboys, especially. Well, they wouldn't have. I well, they might have. They if the, if they win the division, they would have better chance of being at home. So um, I don't know. Well, again, the Bears have kind of a tough schedule too. But I think I might go with the Cowboys. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Right now, your your wild card probably looks like uh, Cowboys and the. Well, if the season ended today, I think it's Cowboys Vikings. And then Bears Seahawks, which uh, two very interesting games. So we'll see uh, a team that I think is has found itself now out of playoff contention. The Panthers. We've kept tabs on them. They've now lost four straight games. 
they suck. I, they're they're pretty much done at six and six. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, they're still they're clinging on. They're going to need to win a few games and probably get some help. Um, they're not out of it yet, but the way they've been playing lately is garbage. So I don't want to spend any more time on them. The Packers. We have been suspecting this for a while. I know you've mentioned it more than once on this show. They it's ready for a change. And they have made that change. Mike McCarthy is out as head coach. Joe Philbin will be the interim head coach. Um, Joe Philbin, by the way, used to coach on the the Dolphins during their whole mm-hmm. bully bully gate thing with Richie Incognito. So he's obviously a, a strong willed coach who can take on Aaron Rodgers. I'm sure. Um, Going to be interesting to see what the Packers do. Um, what do you think of? Well, there's so many questions to ask here. Um, McCarthy's let go in the middle of the season. They didn't let him play out his, his, his tenure, um, through the season. Um, we'll see what this does to Rogers and his ability to run that offense. We'll see if they win some more games. We'll see what they do in terms of hiring. There have already been some rumors. Josh McDaniels is, is up near the top of the list. Jim Harbaugh is another that I've heard. Um, just give me your, your quick general thoughts on the, uh, Packers firing of McCarthy. Uh, I think that it was it was definitely time. Um, McCarthy, I think, is still a, a really good coach, and I think he's going to end up being a head coach somewhere next year. Uh, where I don't know, but I, I I think it was just the I think Aaron Rodgers kind of got he was over uh, McCarthy and kind of the whole because even a, a few years ago McCarthy the the whole rumors of this started and that there was some some trouble with those two, and uh, you know McCarthy had to to hand over the play calling duties at one point and, and all that stuff. So it, uh, I'm, I'm not surprised by this at all. It's definitely time for a change. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and his prima donna ways, uh, finally got to, uh, to the, to the, uh, to the management and, you know, we'll see what happens with that team. Um, I, I, I personally hope that they continue to struggle. And I, I believe this is completely Aaron Rodgers fault, uh, because of the whole contract situation. Um, you, you know, he signed, he signed himself to, uh, and when I say signed himself, he you know he made that deal for all that money, and he's left with no pretty much no talent other than you know someone like Devonte Adams and an old Randall Cobb on his offense now. So uh, I believe this is on him because he bet on himself to be able to turn the talent they had into superstars like he's done in the past, and he just can't do it. Uh, he's still a great quarterback. He's still playing. You putting up great numbers, but um, he didn't leave himself with much. He's always had a, a really strong veteran on, on his team and. Devonta Adams is kind of that, but he's still, you know, he's not like a Greg Jennings was back in the day or uh, someone like that. So, um, you know, I think it's, I, I think it's kind of deserved at this point for, for what everyone involved kind of did. Yeah. I think that the, I can't stand the Packers. I can't stand their fans. I can't stand Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I, I like that they are in kind of a mess right now. And I like that it very apparently looks like you said, like it's Aaron Rodgers' fault. They're 0-6 on the road this year. Um, another another six uh, stat I heard. The top six most highly paid quarterbacks in football this year are not winning their division. And it's just like you said, um, if you're not willing to take a pay cut, then you're left with ignominious St. Brown to catch your passes, and that's on Rodgers. <laughs> um, I, I said this this week. I never again want to hear that Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback of all time. I don't. I they, I don't think it's even fair to compare him to guys like Brady, Marino, uh, maybe Marino. I would compare him to Marino. I don't think it's fair to compare him to guys like Brady, Brady or Montana or Elway, though. Um, what about and, Manning? 
No, not even fucking close to Manning. Manning okay. was a, Manning was a guy who absolutely was willing to take pay cuts, and he won before the ball was snapped. Manning Manning won plays before the ball was even snapped. Rogers is the reason. The reason I ask that is because I know that you haven't always been the biggest Manning fan in the world. I don't <laughs> so. like Peyton Manning, but I, you have to respect the guy for for what he did yeah. over that career. And Drew Brees. I mean, it, I don't think I don't think Rogers is the best. I don't think he's the third best quarterback in the, in this season. I think mm-hmm. that. I think you have Breeze. I think Mahomes is outplaying Rodgers. I think that Brady is still better than Rodgers. They beat him in a game they played head-to-head. I think Russell will. I would rather have Russell Wilson on my team than Aaron Rodgers. I just I just don't ever want to hear again that that he's the best of all time. I, I just don't. I'm, I'm not here to listen to it. Um, I, I'm, I will, I'm going to save this podcast for posterity and say emphatically he will never win another Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers will never win another Super Bowl over the course of his career, and I would bet my house on it because they don't have the money to put guys around him. He's not going to be coached by guys, and the rest of the league is too good for him to just muscle hamster his way through the playoffs. It's just not it's just not going to work. That style of, of play just isn't it's not going to work. So, yeah. I'm I'm I don't want to get too hot about Aaron Rodgers, but I'm sick of him and I I don't want anyone to tell me how great he is. Here here's a thought that I've kind of um some I've heard kind of brought up just real briefly and something I've I've thought about too is I I wouldn't be completely surprised if in two to three years, Aaron Rodgers isn't in Green Bay anymore. And he goes to a team kind of like Favre did, but just a little bit younger than what Favre did, where he goes to a contender and kind of makes, maybe makes a run there. But I I just kind of feel like with, you know, with the money they're paying him and they're they're just not going to be able to sign talent uh, because they're going to still need a defense. (laughs) So um, they, you know, they, they need to sign defensive players too. So I, I don't think, like I said, I, I would definitely bet that, uh, you know, he, he doesn't win a Super Bowl in Green Bay, but I could see maybe a team towards the end of his contract, you know, make a trade for him. He goes to a team he wants to go to that's a contender and maybe makes a run someone somewhere there. I could see the, the end of him in Green Bay being very uh, controversial and very ugly and him going to another team. Yeah, that actually, that sounds like a pretty realistic scenario. Uh, we're going to make sure to save this podcast so in five years we can talk about how we were right. Um, by then we'll have 50 listeners (laughs) that's going to be fantastic not if we keep spending this much time on sports but I do want to bring up uh, a couple more quick things here Uh, the Saints lost to the Cowboys are you worried about them at all no didn't think so Um, (laughs) we had uh, want to briefly mention Kareem Hunt is now officially on the SoCo fuck you list Um, I don't even want to talk about him other than that he is done and probably won't ever play again just like the turds that he follows um, in terms of lady hitting. So, uh, Kareem Hunt, you get an official SoCo fuck you. Um, let's see here. I don't think there's anything else other than picking our Thursday night game, which is going to be a barn burner, Seth. It is the Tennessee Titans going to Jacksonville to play the Jaguars. It's a huge AFC South matchup. Uh, quietly, the Titans, though, are in danger of making the playoffs. Um, they are 6-6. Six and six, like so last year. Exactly. They're only about a game out, so they could potentially get in. Um, but I am not a believer in that team. Are you a believer enough to pick them over the Jaguars? Because I am. Give me Tennessee. Yeah. Oof. Where, sorry, who's home? It's in Jacksonville. I don't feel strongly about it, but I'm going to go Jacksonville. Okay. Both teams have been very, very up and down this year. Um, there's times where the teams look great, and there's times where the teams look... And for most Jacksonville, it's been bad you know, for, for a good stretch. Um 
Whereas Tennessee has been like one game, you're like, oh, they look, you know, they're back on track. Marcus Merida looks great. And then the next game, they're like, oh, that's a terrible team. <laughs> so um, I, I'm going to go with the home team and with the team with the better defense here. We'll see. I think if the Jags do win, it's going to be nine to six because, of mm-hmm. course, last week we talked about them firing their offensive coordinator and benching the quarterback Blake Bortles, and they scored six points last week. So Blake yeah. Bortles is ripping cigs on the sideline. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, give me the Titans. Also, uh, full disclosure, I have the Titans defense on my playoff fantasy lineup. So, um, really hoping that they can uh, shut down the Jags. So, Cody Kessler is um, going to throw for five hundred yards. Yeah, we'll see. Um, a very exciting time in the NFL, as you can tell. Um, we spent a lot of time on sports today, but we are getting jacked up for the playoffs. So uh, more NFL talk to come in the next few weeks. But for now, we got to jump into a video game related Mambo number five. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo number five. We talked last week about the Thanksgiving sales of the Nintendo Switch as compared to the Xbox One and the PlayStation 4. So we thought... What better way to follow that up than by comparing the consoles that we have gotten to love over our own lifetimes. And we're going to list our top five favorite video game consoles. So these can be, um, it can be a mobile platform um, or any of the consoles that, that we've played over the years. Am I missing anything qualifying wise for, for consoles that we're, that we're going to list here? Nope, just video game consoles. All right, let's do it. It's your week to go first. Number five. Uh, my number five console is one that um, was very popular back in the day, uh, one that I overpaid for uh, back in the day. <laughs> um, um, you can probably, you probably already know which one it is, but I was definitely the first one to have this console, which made me very happy, and I, I played the shit out of this thing. Uh, the Nintendo Wii is my number five favorite console. Um, kind of what I thought about with ranking this is kind of... Uh, some of my favorite games and how and, and really the consoles I spent the most time playing um, throughout my life and uh, so kind of that combination and, and the Wii had some I spent a ton of time playing it especially like Wii Sports and things like that this is one that I played a lot of like Guitar Hero on as well and uh, had um, definitely had a lot of friends over to play it and stuff like that because I was the first one to have it and uh, some of my favorite games on it uh, were definitely like the Super Mario Galaxy games I love playing those games those are always highly rated uh, and then one of my favorite game franchises No More Heroes uh, it's one of my favorite games ever um, and uh, had had a, had a lot of fun playing those so those are some of the games that I remember and, and definitely spent a lot of time on this console yeah I was one of those friends that came over to use you for your Wii so <laughs> I can vouch for that I my list is exclusively consoles that I've owned. And um, now that said, I have spent a ton of time playing some of the consoles that I'm sure will be on your list at your house. Um, but they, they didn't make my list because I didn't own them. So my number top, my number five uh, favorite console, I used to play the shit out of my PSP, the PlayStation Portable, <laughs> in uh, middle and high school. I had it for like seventh, eighth, and ninth grade. And I remember that. There was a time when I used to come to school early to play NCAA football on PSPs against this kid, Sean, that, mm-hmm. uh, that we were friends with. And, uh, it was super fun. I love the PSP. There were pretty good games on it. It was one of the first consoles to have, or one of the first, uh, mobile platforms, I guess, to have pretty close to console quality games. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think that they later improved upon it with the Vita. Um, but yep. the PSP was the one that I had and there were some legit games on it. I had ape escape for that. 
I had a Metal Gear Solid game that you might as well have been playing on the PlayStation 3 at the time. So uh, PSP, I thought, was really well done. It's been since improved on, but at the time, it was top of the line for the mobile. Number four. Uh, This is a console that I uh, own currently and uh, a console that I've played for off and on for 20 years or so. Um, This console is the Super Nintendo. Um, This is probably the one I've spent the most time playing just because of the cumulative time that I've owned it. Um, But it was really, I mean, I owned the first Nintendo when I was was a kid, um, but I barely remember playing that. It was the Super Nintendo that I really have a lot of the, the, the most memories playing as a kid. Um, I mean, all the Donkey Kong games, all the Mario, uh, the Super Mario World game. The they had a, a re-release of the original Mario games for it. The uh, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, game, the Turtles in Time. Um, the God, what else do I have? Aladdin, Toy Story, which I recently bought. Um, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, which I recently bought. Um, just I haven't I currently own all those games and um, still remember playing those as a kid. Um, a lot of this is nostalgia-based, because th- some of those games aren't great, um, but some of them are, are a lot of fun and still go back to play them, so Super Nintendo definitely ranks. Um, one weird memory that I have of one, and I, I almost want to do this now, just again for nostalgia, is I, I, I put a penny <laughs> in, in my Nintendo, Super Nintendo when I was a kid, and I could never get it out, and so anytime <laughs> I picked it up... Anytime I picked it up, I would hear a penny moving around. And so I kind of want to do it now, but I definitely won't because that'll ruin the value of it. <laughs> I didn't know if our listeners know this, but you actually invented the microtransaction with that penny. Um, you got, a, <laughs> got a new pair of pants for his Luigi. And, uh, oh, my God. <laughs> you need to hit the fucking bit <laughs> I'm pretty mm-hmm. proud of that one. Uh, my number four is a console that I currently own. And it's the Xbox One. I think, so you're going to see that my top three are mostly uh, nostalgia-based, but this is the, I think for the Xbox One, this is the the best console that I've owned, and I think the best console there's been. I think from the hardware to the the interface, uh, to the controller, to, um, I'll, give, I'll, I'll give you that Sony has more AAA exclusives, so the, the games are kind of another thing, but the console itself and the way with which you interact... Um, I think it is, is top tier, certainly of the ones I've owned. Um, and yeah, I think they have, they have lacked in some cases in terms of the big, uh, sort of flagship titles, but in terms of strictly the console itself, I think Xbox one is, is as good as we've seen. And, uh, I've had mine for a couple of years now and some of my favorite games on there, some of my favorite games that I've played have been on there. Um, and Sunset Overdrive, one of the first games I ever bought on there. The Maddens that have been on there have been insane. Uh, Tomb Raider that have come out on those, uh, as well as the PlayStation. Obviously not an exclusive, but uh, <laughs> the the way that Xbox Live is on the Xbox One, uh, the way that it interacts with like Twitch and things. Um, so from the the it's my four entry because it's it's I don't have the nostalgia for it that I have for my top three, but in terms of like this is the good. This is the Aaron Rodgers of <laughs> the consoles in that it can make all the throws, um, even if it's not my favorite. It just doesn't have any receivers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> number three. Uh, my number three uh, is, it, it has all the receivers. Um, <laughs> my number three is the PlayStation 4. Um, definitely, uh, like, I mean, like you mentioned before, 
Uh, I mean, it has the games. It has, uh, I mean, it has your your Spider-Man, which you love, of course. Um, it has the God of War, God of War Four. It has Uncharted. It has um, some of these. I mean, huge. It last, well, no, Last of Us technically was PS3. Um, it, I mean, it just has. It, it has all of the, a lot of really good games. It has some really. It really stepped it up graphics wise. Uh, you know, getting the Pro. I've owned this console twice now with uh, the PS4 and the PS4 Pro. Um, it has some really really good games. It has uh, the second best batch of games that that I. Um, in terms of consoles, the first one will be, of course, later on. But um, I, I definitely spent a lot of time on the PlayStation 4. I've really enjoyed it. I remember getting it. Uh, I can remember specifically when I got the first one, uh, being in Ames. There was a snowstorm uh, the night before we went out to, to go party, um, and uh, someone that we knew um, worked there at Best Buy. And so we went to that, that next morning during the snowstorm, went to Best Buy, and they had a bunch of consoles because no one was able to go because it was snowing. And so we picked it up, and I took it home, and and uh, I was very happy because it took a while to get one because they were on back order for a long time. So, uh, but no, a, a PS4 definitely is uh, one of my favorite consoles. A lot of great games for it. A lot of really good uh, game experiences. Horizon is another great one that I just thought of. Um, no, I, I love the PS4, and uh, you know maybe down the road, like you mentioned, the nostalgia wise, it could go up higher. Um, but right now, the other my, my top two have just a little bit more st- nostalgia and maybe a little bit more playing time on them. Yeah, PlayStation Four is pretty cool. Um, I'm I'm uh, I'm really excited to get um, after I finish Spider Man. I'm going to get the the Crash series and play through those again. Mm. Um, so pretty excited for those. Uh, which actually is a pretty good segue into my number three console, which was the PlayStation One. Um, it was Christmas of 1996. I was five years old when I got my first video game ever, and it was the PlayStation 1, and I got it with a demo disc and with Rayman. Those are the first two games I ever had. <laughs> and I so immediately fell in love with video games that it is hilarious. And um, it was my introduction to gaming at all, and uh, I was hooked, and I became one of those kids that plays inside when it's a nice day. And I owe it all to that first PlayStation 1. Thank you to my Uncle Tony for getting it for me. Um, without, without asking my parents if I should have it. Um, and that goes, that goes all the way back to the days when you were playing your SNES where you had to turn to channel three and then like start your VCR and stop it to, to get your, to get your console on the TV, um, which was a blast. But like, you're, you're still the only one that ever had to do that part of it. Okay. Well, we couldn't afford a nice TV. Okay. We had a Westinghouse <laughs> and, and for the PS one, uh, you know, Rayman, the original Crash Bandicoot, um, Intelligent Cube is one that I had that was really fun. Uh, there was a lot. There's <laughs> Cool Borders. There's a, a Parappa the Rapper. All sorts of great shit on the original PlayStation. So it comes in at number three for me. Number two. Uh, my number two is a console that um, it was. So I had a I had a, a house fire uh, in 2002, and. I had, at the time, I had a PlayStation 1 and a Nintendo 64, and the PlayStation 1 survived, but the N64 did not. And so um, part of the the stuff I lost, my parents uh, allowed me to get a new gaming console, and everyone at the time had a PS2, and um, no one else had this console, which is the GameCube. And so I uh, I went with the GameCube instead. It was a little cheaper, admittedly, but I was able to get a lot more games and stuff for it, and... 
Um, turns out I ended up playing the shit out of that console. Um, now, some of the games that I played, you were able to get for the other consoles at the time. Your uh, NBA Live was one. Um, I played a lot of MLB. The uh, MLB, uh, what the hell is it called now? MLB MVP Baseball. Oh, MVP yeah. Baseball. Played the shit out of MVP Baseball. But then there's other games like uh, Luigi's Mansion that I played a lot of, and uh, Super Mario Sunshine stuff like that. So that really kind of, uh, and I always had Nintendos. I'd uh, I'd owned every single and still have. No, I have not owned the Wii U, but I've owned everything but the Wii U. Um, in terms of Nintendo consoles and and uh, yeah, I definitely played a, a shitload of, of the GameCube. Um, that that's that kind of started a little bit of my uh, towards the end of it, especially started my uh, real love of video games in terms of like playing more and more like the uh, AAA, um, you know, highly rated. That's when video game reviewing started to become more and more popular um, into the what my number one is. But um, yeah, I played I, I played. This is probably cumulatively. Um, well, no, Super Nintendo is number one, but GameCube is a pretty close second just because of, again, not many people had it and, um, you know, a lot of people wanted to, you know, come try it out and stuff like that and played a lot of during the summers playing a lot of sports games and stuff like that. So I think what people can very obviously tell is that you were a Nintendo kid and I was not, uh, no Nintendo's in my top five, but I will mention at number two, the console that converted me from PlayStation over to Xbox was the Xbox 360. Um, I, at the time, owned a PlayStation 3, and I was not liking what they were coming out with for games, and Halo 3 was coming out, and I said, fuck it, I'm getting an Xbox, and I'm getting Halo 3, and the rest was history. Uh, Shortly after that, uh, Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare came out, and I was hooked on that, on the the 360. Um, There was, 360 is one of those that ran for so long that there were a million games for it, and I had a ton of them. And throughout most of high school and most, if not all, of college for me, there was not a day I didn't play on the 360. Um, most of it was Halo, a lot of Madden football. But um, in terms of time uh, spent on it, I think that probably it's second only to my number one pick because uh, I played a shitload of 360 over the course of my life. I actually had more than one. I had one red ring out and bought another 360 at one point. <laughs> so it's... Um, that one's near and dear for me, especially because it brought me over to the correct side of, of the games with the uh, with the Xbox. <laughs> number one. So yeah, my number one is actually completely opposite of what you just said. Um, I owned a 360 and uh, and traded it out. Now I, you traded you traded out pretty early on in the the life cycle, like a yeah. couple years, right? It was it was um, maybe two years. It no, it might have only been a year. It was not long at all. Because I, I was not very patient with the release titles was my problem. Yeah, because I think honestly, if you would have waited on on a little longer, you might be it might be a different story. Uh, because I I went into the PlayStation about halfway through the PlayStation Three, which is my number one. Um, PlayStation Three uh, was I went in about halfway through, and that's when some of these huge games started coming out. Your Uncharted's, uh, God of War Three, which you weren't into the God of War from the PS Two, so that wouldn't have mattered as much. But Uncharted's I could have definitely seen you getting into, uh, along with. Uh, uh, Last of Us came out towards the end of that cycle as well, and so the P- PS3 is when I definitely uh, started getting into really more of these, uh, more of the AAA. That that's like when I paid attention to, to game reviews, and that's when I became really a big gamer. Was with the PS3, and I you know I played a whole mess of different games um, on that. Uh, Heavy Rain is another one that I, I really got into. There, some of my favorite games are on the PS3. My favorite game of all time is on the PS3 and Uncharted 2. And, uh, 
And then, you know, I just I kept trying out some of these smaller games uh, that got really good critically reviews and and uh, definitely uh, loved, loved that console. I spent a, the most time in terms of, like, nerding out <laughs> with the, PS, the PS3. That's kind of, like, when I spent the most hardcore. Like, I would spend hours on, on the PS3. Uh, MV, uh, MLB Baseball is another one that was exclusive of the, PS, the PS3. And I spent... I, I played through an entire season of baseball every game, 100, 162 games of baseball. Um, so yeah, it, it, uh, and that, and that doesn't even include the playoffs, but, uh, yeah, spent a whole, whole shitload of time on the PS3 and really, uh, that's, that's when I consider myself the, the biggest point, point of gaming in my life, uh, was the PS3. Did you win, did you win the world series? I think so. Um, I, I mean, a lot of those times too, you can, I mean, cause when you're playing a season, just one season, you don't really care about the future. So I just made trades like crazy and stacked i stacked up the cubs and <laughs> got all the best players so yeah i think i did yeah i definitely did now that i because i remember the uh i remember the fireworks and stuff at the end <laughs> well congratulations on that uh, i didn't realize yeah. that you were a world series champ uh oh the, yeah the correct answer to this question and yes there is an objective correct correct answer to this uh the playstation 2 is the best console ever made and uh that's pretty much it i don't have a lot to say about it other than it was. It had the longest life cycle, I think, of any console that we've had so far, and so there were a million fucking games on it. And like every most games that you can possibly think of from the time you were a kid were on the PlayStation Two, and I had every one of them. I had I had like probably a couple hundred PlayStation Two games over the course of my life. Um, much like my 360, I once broke a PlayStation Two and then bought another one, <laughs> and. I can specifically remember the day that I got my PS2 because I was grounded and couldn't play it. I had to wait a day. <laughs> and uh, I remember breaking it um, because I had cheated in NBA 2K2 and I had turned fouling off and just started intentionally shoving down my brother's players. And so he pushed me and the controllers were still corded then. So I accidentally pulled the console off of the stand it was on and it broke. <laughs> And it was horrifying. Is the worst thing that's probably ever happened to me in my life. And we saved up our money for like a long time to buy a new one. And PS2, I mean, it's just the the transition for me from I like to play, you know, like Crash Bandicoot to every game possible, shooters, sports games, um, puzzle game, like every every type of game there is, I learned to play on PS2. Um, in the the in. It wasn't the invention of the joysticks. Those came during PlayStation 1, but they were really put to use on the PS2. So, it, And every console since then is modeled after the PS2. All the controllers are after the PS2 controller. And it's just, it was the, it was, I think, what, for all of console games, I think it set the standard for everything we've seen since then. And especially for me, really, just was my introduction into actual video games and even still today i think it's the best console that there's been just the variety of games that there were on that has not been matched since then and um i think for for a lot of people um it was it was just the shit if you had a ps2 you were a cool kid you got any uh you got any honorable mentions um yeah and not that i can really think of i mean those are the main ones that that i really i mean ps2 i guess would technically be i didn't really own one until later on i i owned one for a slight time i had the ps2 slim and that's where I played like God of War and God of War Two, um, but for me there wasn't a ton of like AAA titles on the PS2 that I was really super into. I mean, just those kind of those were kind of ones that 
came on later on towards the end of the, the life cycle. But yeah, not 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 really a ton of uh, other other consoles that I can think of. N sixty four, I guess. Uh, Jared's gonna be mad at us for not putting the sixty four at least. <laughs> at Jared, <Bundle. laughs> at least, yeah. <laughs> Because uh, I know that's one of his favorites, and uh, I only had that for a short period of time. So I guess I put that as an honorable mention. Um, I mean, it burned up in a fire, so I mean, I wasn't really too sad about it. I could already hear Jared being like, what? Goldeneye? Mario Kart? How are you not going to put... Yeah, that that's... Yeah. yeah, definitely. I'm glad that you mentioned it, because now he doesn't get to <laughs> He might still yell at us, but... Uh, yeah, because it's not in our actual list. It's just an honorable mention. Yeah. And you, you never owned one, did you? No, I never, I've never owned a Nintendo. And I, you know what, I would bet yeah. you Dan agrees that we should probably have the the sixty four yeah. on there. But yeah, I say, you know what, uh, eat shit because sixty four was not as good as the PS two. There, I said it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this was a fun. It's, it's always nice to go down memory lane, and no better way to do that than talking about the PlayStation. So, uh, very fun edition this week of our Mambo Number no. Five. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo Number no. Five. We got a couple pieces of very interesting news this week in TV. That's what she said. TV. So we have been going through, this has been the fall of just Marvel Netflix axings. Uh, It started with uh, Iron Fist. Then we had Luke Cage. And this past week now, we learned that Daredevil has been canceled. So the third season of Daredevil came on a couple, a few weeks back, maybe a month back. And uh, has been reviewed very well. Has been very Mm. well, very well watched. It's like the fifth most watched uh, series, I think, as far as Netflix originals. And it's now been canceled. Uh, it's been a surprise to most. Uh, even there, I've even seen some tweets by like some of the writers and some of the showrunners were shocked that the show was canceled. Um, but now, you know, Daredevil, kind of the flagship of that Marvel Netflix universe, is no longer going to be a thing. So I don't know if you've seen the latest season, but what, what's your reaction to uh, Daredevil getting the axe? Um, I haven't watched it yet. I kind of took a break after watching Iron Fist. Uh, some other shows came on that I wanted to watch. So uh, I'll get to it eventually and I'll review it eventually. I'm not super surprised, honestly, just because they have been axing all these shows. And um, yeah, like you mentioned, it, it is the, the fourth highest uh, viewed Netflix show. I, I, it, from what I understand, it's basically Netflix is canceling everything that uh, is not owned by Netflix. So, uh, which is, you know, part of their strategy. They, 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 no, everyone is, uh, you know, coming up with their own streaming service. Disney has their own, um, you know, DC has their own Warner brothers going to be coming out with their own. And so, uh, you know, more and more of these, these big IPs are going to be going back to the, the people who originally owned them. And Netflix has, you know, come up with like, they had 160 new TV shows and movies this year. And, and so they want to, uh, because all these shows are going back to where they originally came from, they need to have their own their own programming and that's what they want to promote they want to put their money into their own programming and you know they're paying a lot of money for just the rights to daredevil not and then not even including what it costs to make which is a very very expensive show to make so i'm not surprised by this um you know jessica jones and and punisher are going to be close to follow once those shows air because uh i think jessica jones is already in the can that's already been filmed and then i think uh punisher is currently being filmed so once those are filmed and, and out um those will probably be canceled too and uh, that'll be the end of the the Marvel the Marvel Netflix partnership, but um, wouldn't be completely surprised if we don't see it on uh, on the Disney streaming service or maybe a separate Marvel streaming service or something like that. Assuming we don't, are you sad to see Daredevil go? 
I I mean I I, don't, I haven't watched the end of it, so I don't know if there's a logical conclusion to it. But um, yes and no. I mean, I these shows were fun and they're they're good, but they're not mind blowing by any means. Um, and, and I'm not like, you know, I haven't watched the newest season yet, so it's not like I'm clamoring to watch it like I am like a marvelous Mrs. Maisel that I really want to watch. So uh, they're 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 not like you know they're not um, amazing TV. They're very entertaining. They're fun to watch, but it's not like they're must watch TV for me. So. You know, if if they're gone, you know, for for good, that's that's fine. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, yeah, it seemingly it's been seemingly illogical some of the stuff that they've been canceling. Of course, you heard me rage uh, not too long ago about American Vandal getting the axe, but your reasoning about um, them canceling everything they don't own makes more sense, and I think will mm-hmm. calm will calm the screams of people like me who um, are pretty pissed that their shit is getting canceled. So. Uh, Daredevil, just the latest in this. Uh, we expect probably to see the rest of the Marvel Netflix shows get canceled after they uh, air next. So, yeah, we'll be we'll be interested to see what goes on. Now, we have been told that Daredevil is not like gone, gone. Like there will be more Daredevil adventures, is what we've been told. So, I don't know what that means. Maybe it's a movie. Maybe it's <laughs> a show. Maybe I don't. Who fucking knows? And maybe they don't know yet. Maybe they just want us to not rage. So we'll see what happens with Daredevil going forward. But a big, big, I think a lot of people are disappointed in this one. Um, so Daredevil canceled after three seasons. Daredevil not likely to get revived, at least by Netflix. But we did get uh, very, I think a lot of people are going to be really excited about a show that MTV is now going to be reviving. <laughs> yeah, a show that uh, WWE legend Stone Cold Steve Austin was on quite a bit. Celebrity Deathmatch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Celebrity Deathmatch, which... Uh, uh, is, is definitely one of my favorites from back in the day. Um, very just mindless and gory and bloody, but um, yeah, well, the claymation deathmatch show with celebrities, and it's it's fun. I, I I've always enjoyed that. They revived it like like six, seven, eight years ago, something like that, uh, and and kind of updated it with that, but still the same characters and all that. I'm assuming they're going to do kind of a similar thing with new celebrities, which is always going to work. Um, I don't know uh, with today's climate how uh, you know how gory they're going to get, but um, I, I'm excited for it. I'll you know I'll check it out every once in a while. It's not a show I'm going to watch every week, but you know if they have a funny episode and someone says oh watch it, or if it's on like YouTube or something, I'll maybe check it out. Yeah, I put this in the same realm as like um, like a lip sync battle, where you know you you're, no one is tuning in and watching that show, but if you put it on Netflix and say Tom Holland did an amazing job at this Rihanna song, then I'll watch your episode of. Celebrity Deathmatch. And I agree with what you're saying. This is always going to work because you can have fucking PewDiePie on there fighting against Kim Kardashian. And, you know, mm-hmm. there's always the next fucking Lil Yachty, whoever the hell that is, can be on there fighting, <laughs> you know, like Paula Abdul or some shit. So uh, I'm excited about this. Paula Abdul? <laughs> I don't I don't know why she came to mind, but... Um, what the fuck? No one has <laughs> said her name in like seven years. Well, I'm, I'm glad because if we forget about her, she goes away. That's what Coco taught me. So Paula Abdul, you're still around. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of excited for this. Very interested to see, to your point, what they, what they try to do here, right? Because they used to get away with a lot of shit. And I think today's climate is a little less forgiving. You know, if PewDiePie rips the head off of someone, um, I don't know that there won't be backlash. So Ice Cube is involved in this, which I think is very interesting. Um, sounds like a strange project for him to be a part of. I don't know. We'll see. I haven't watched MTV on purpose in years, so maybe this will be a chance for me to, for me to pick it back up. Alrighty, well, let's move on from TV. We're going to get into our newest segment. It is Hypotheticals. What you want? What you want? What you want? 
So this week's hypothetical. Last week we talked about uh, the Lion King trailer and how you're fully in, right? Yep, I'm balls deep. Balls deep. That so was, I don't like the way uh, I said that. Oh, that's nasty. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was thinking about that movie. You're very excited for. Is is it probably? Is it your besides Avengers? Is it your your most anticipated? Or maybe Avengers and Sp- and Spider Man. Fuck, there's Star Wars too. Um, so I guess maybe it's like your fourth most anticipated. Um, in no particular order, it would be the ones you mentioned, Spider-Man, Avengers, um, Spy- uh, Star Wars, and Lion King. And there's got to be something else, too, but I can't really remember. John Wick 3. Oh, John Wick is, yeah, that'll be pretty, I'm pretty psyched about that. Um, yeah, it, it's top five, anyway. for sure. Anyway, yeah, Lion King, anyway. pretty stoked on it. I imagine you're going to make me choose between it and something. No. Um, so you're going to see it regardless, but here, here's the hypothetical. Oh. So, you can, you can see the Lion King fully finished. Uh, it's you know it's it's the movie it is now it's it's great you can see it right now and you can talk about it to everyone but you never get to see it again that's the only time you get to see it is right now before everyone else you get to brag about it tell everyone how great it is or you have to wait three years to see it you wait three years after everyone to see it but like you you obtain all the rights you're you're the only one who gets to watch it you can choose who gets to see it it's your movie from then on out so then you get to tell everyone how great it is but they can't see it. They can only see it if you let them. Ooh. So during the three years between the release date and my getting to see it, did people watch it then? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they, it's just a normal release, but you don't, you don't get to see it until three years after it comes out. Hmm. And in the other scenario, I can watch it today, but never again, never again. But you can tell everyone, like say you saw it today and you're like, this is the best movie ever. You know, this is great. And you blah, blah, blah. Um, but you never get to see it again. Or you see it, we wait three years, and all the rights go to you. You can choose who sees it. You can choose if no one sees it. Uh, you can talk about how great it is. <laughs> but um, you know, they you choose whether or not someone sees it. Can I sell it? Sure. I'll let you sell it. Okay. So this is tricky because it might be a fart box. And if it's a fart box, I would rather watch it today and never see it again. Because then I wouldn't have anticipated it for an extra six months. But if it's great, then I will never get to watch it again. And you know me, I like to rewatch movies. I actually just watched The Lion King a couple weeks ago. <laughs> um, and also, I, I know how much you want uh, to want to share your opinion. <laughs> and if you're the first one to see it, everyone knows. Yeah, I like to talk. Um, I think I, as much as it would really suck, as much as it would really, really suck... I think in this situation, I would wait three years. Um, and here's okay. and here's why. Um, really, the only thing anyone's going to tell me is that it was good or not, you know? And, and I, duh, I know. I know what's in the movie. So it's not like I'm waiting on plot details. Um, I'll see but, other movies over the course of those three years. And then when I get it, it's mine. And I can, like, sell it to Netflix for $100 million. Or I can just, like, um, do you remember, you remember Martin Shkreli? Remember that guy, that little shithead with the pharmaceutical company who's in jail now? Okay, yeah. He bought a Wu-Tang Clan album that there was only one copy of. And then he tweeted mm. he tweeted at Taylor Swift that she could come listen to it with him. <laughs> and <laughs> I could I could similarly ask Taylor Swift if she wants to come over and watch The Lion King with me. So like That's true. That would be I think I think that would be worth the three year wait the, to own it. 
And then uh, not only could I watch it all those times, but I would be rich and I would, I guess, be kind of famous. I'd be the guy that owns The Lion King. So um, I think it's I think it would be worth the three years. It would be torture and I would have to distract myself from it in a variety of ways. But <laughs> once that three years, I would also then be I would then be 30 years old and just fucking rip roar and excited about The Lion King. <laughs> So that would that wouldn't be very cool, but <laughs> but uh, I think I think that's what I would have to I think that's what I have to go with. I think it would it would be my, it would be a a rough three years, but it would be worth it in the end. My thing would be like you go into the movie theater and you see on like the the marquee thing the Lion King, and you you walk right by the you know the door to go into the theater, and you just can't you can't open the door <laughs> like <laughs> it doesn't open because you can't go see it, and then like it comes out on Blu-ray or whatever. And you go, you go to, you know, buy the Blu-ray and you pop it in the disc and you're, you're, you pop the disc in your, your Xbox or whatever. And then it explodes and it doesn't work. Like you just try as hard as you can and you have it, but you can't watch it. That would be, by the way, that's a funny idea for a movie. Like if someone doesn't know that that's going on <laughs> and like whenever, whenever it, whenever a commercial comes on for it, they like go blind for 30 seconds and they don't know what the fuck is going on. <laughs> Oh, that'd be even better. Yeah. You're just like, you, you walk into the theater and then you're just go blind and you can't leave because you don't know where you're at. Oh my God. If I paid 20 bucks to see it in IMAX and I couldn't physically see it, that would be, I, that would change the game, but I still think I would go with the three years. Every time a trailer pops on, you're just like, ah. That would drive me to insanity. If I didn't know what was going on, if I didn't, if I didn't know what was going on, that would drive me to insanity and I wouldn't, make it, I wouldn't make it for three years. Oh, that'd be awesome. Uh, that was a good one. I, you you know how to take things I love and dangle them in interesting ways. So <laughs> that that's pretty fun. <laughs> so there's one thing I know how to do. It's torture you and dangle. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'll be waiting three years for The Lion King, but I own it thanks to this week's edition of Hypotheticals. What you want? What you want? What you gonna do? And what you gonna do? Tell me what you wanna do. Hypothetically speaking. <laughs> Let's jump into <laughs> Let's jump into some movie news. Quiet on the set. Can we please have quiet on the set? Movies. Got a few uh, pretty cool pieces of news this week. The first one is a quick hitter. We've been keeping tabs on the Men in Black movie for quite some time. And today we finally got the title. Uh, it's going to be called Men in Black International, which I, I guess I was a little confused on this, but you said you already knew um, that it was going to mm-hmm. be internationally based. I was under the impression they would still be American, so like Chris Hemsworth, Chris Hemsworth would be playing an American. But I'm willing to bet now that he's probably still Australian in this, and maybe there's a kind of a buddy thing with him and Tessa Thompson where they meet, um, which I think would be an interesting kind of dynamic um, between the two of them. But uh, it doesn't really probably change anything as in terms of what you're anticipating for the movie. But uh, kind of a cool title, international instead of just the basic MIB for it. Yeah, I think I actually think the 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 plot line that kind of came out with it mentioned that that's a, a foreign men, men in black uh, division. Um, so I mean, you know what's weird to me, and I thought about this is like it's called. I, I'm surprised no one is freaking out that it's called Men in Black with Tessa Thompson being in it, and and there's always been women in the Men in Black thing. Like there's been women agents, mm-hmm. um, but I'm surprised people aren't freaking out about it being called Men in Black. Yeah, that's a actually a really interesting thought and especially like tessa thompson like she's a huge 
feminist and and you know kind of a social justice person so i'm a little bit surprised. i don't know i guess i don't know if that's i was gonna i was about to say we should ask some women if that's a but we don't know any um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i wonder if i'm a little surprised too there are probably some there's probably a pocket on the internet somewhere that's really pissed about it but we just don't hear about it and it's funny too because like you can't just call you can't call it people in because it's always been mib yeah maybe you could call it mib they should call it black people <laughs> wait <laughs> um so maybe they do that like call it mib international but you know, we all know what mib stands for so plus i i really hope they redo the song uh here comes the man in black there'll be like some version of that. there'll definitely be some version of it that song was fucking awesome and they still play they played it on the radio which is so dumb because it's like a song about a alien movie they even say that galaxy defenders yeah and he raps about it the wild wild west song was a hit too yeah that's weird man will smith had some i hope i hope he pops up in the movie i love will smith i hope he just like pops in for a quick cameo i want him to put a fucking album out (laughs) i'd listen to that he hasn't had one like a full album since the switch one right uh that sounds about right okay you know what i like about will smith he doesn't have to cuss in his raps to sell records That's for the Eminem fans out there. Uh, Let's move forward into this. We are continuing to get uh, a remake of every animated movie that has ever been made um, in the live-action variety. The latest, uh, well, the one we're about to talk about, is Pinocchio. And I would assume in this that Pinocchio will probably be some sort of CG. But we will have a live-action Geppetto, and it sounds like the person in talks to play him is going to be Tom Hanks. I think this is a kind of an interesting casting. Tom Hanks plays a really good, adorable old guy. I'll give him that. Um, certainly the, the toy connection is not lost on me either. Are you here for a Pinocchio movie starring Tom Hanks? Um, I mean, I'm pretty much in for anything Tom Hanks does at this point. <laughs> I'm way more excited for uh, the Mr. Rogers biopic he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, no, I mean, Tom Hanks is awesome. And uh, especially when he when he dives into these these roles and he, especially when he gets like these whole, you know, these wholesome roles like this, um, it really fits him. I, I never saw that Walt Disney movie he did, but, um, you know, I always heard he was great in that role and stuff. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, it sounds cool. I'm not a huge Pinocchio fan. I, you know, I watched it when I was a kid, but, uh, yeah, Tom Hanks is awesome. So sign me up. Yeah. People love Tom Hanks. I'm, I'm not as high on Tom Hanks in general as like most people are, but I do, I do like his work and, um, this will be interesting. We'll see, I'm, I'm waiting for some some visuals on how this is going to look before I'm super excited about it. But if you get Tom Hanks involved, I'm sure there will be a lot of people in line to watch. Do you think Peter Dinklage will play Pinocchio? Get the fuck out of here. That's not cool. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> I'm, we're just going to move straight on from that one. Um, <laughs> we have, we've known for a while that Jake Gyllenhaal has been in talks to be part of the cast for Spider-Man Far From Home which is going to be coming out next uh, July, I believe. And uh, we now have official confirmation that Jake Gyllenhaal is going to be appearing as the villain Mysterio, which I think is a really interesting character. And I think uh, I'm really excited to see what Gyllenhaal is going to bring to the character. There's a really funny reveal of that fact uh, today on Instagram. (laughs) Jake Gyllenhaal posted like, oh shit, I thought I was playing (laughs) (laughs) Spider-Man. But uh, no, he's going to be... He's going to be Mysterio instead. Um, I know we've talked about this a little bit in the past. I can't remember whether or not you said you were excited to see Gyllenhaal as the famous villain Mysterio. I, yeah, I'm excited. Gyllenhaal is, uh, 
he's he's awesome uh he was in a movie that i'm going to be reviewing here in a little bit uh spoilers but um he's he's just such a damn good actor he's so likable uh when he wants to be likable he's hateable when he wants to be hateable god Um, have you seen him in uh have you seen him in nightcrawler no i haven't but i I mean i always hear about how great that is it makes you want to punch him so bad yeah but he's great he's He's great so good yeah, he he's so good at whatever he's asked to do, and uh, I think at one time he was actually uh, in the running to play Spider-Man at one point. So um, it's kind of funny that 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 got brought up. But uh, yeah, no, Jake Gyllenhaal's awesome, and uh, cast. I mean, they're they're. I mean, Marvel has. I mean, even though it's still technically Sony, Marvel has the pick of any anyone they want to cast, and uh, it's cool that they got. Jake Gyllenhaal to play, I mean, really what is a C character in, in uh, the comic books and, and Mysterio. So, um, you know, they made Michael Keaton awesome as Vulture, which again, kind of a C character in the comic book. So I'm um, very excited for it, though. I'm, 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 I can't wait to see some of this footage and see how they pull it off. I love this. I'm super, I think he's a great, yeah, he's a little bit of a minor character, but his, he's so interesting to me because he's, he pretends to have powers, but he doesn't. He's like a special effects whiz. And so I think Gyllenhaal is going to bring kind of a manic, uh, yelly kind of guy to that. And it's going to be really, I'm incredibly excited to see it. Um, we'll talk a little bit about Spider-Man in a, in a bit here, but, uh, we're, we're both here for Gyllenhaal. So let's, let's get that movie soon. Um, another movie that is in the works, uh, we got an announcement from DC this week that there's a Blue Beetle movie that is in pre-production. Um, the significance to Blue Beetle is that he is a Latin superhero. So I think this is the first chance we're going to have to see a uh, Latin American, I, I think he's Latin American, uh, Latin American-led superhero, which is really exciting. Of course, we saw what uh, Black Panther did last year. I think there's a, maybe potentially going for something similar, um, you know, with the first ex-superhero um, to do this. I don't know anything about the Black Beetle character, though, so I don't know whether or not I should be excited Blue about Beetle. this. Or, yeah, Blue Beetle. See, that's how little I know. Um, I don't know whether or not I should be excited for this movie, though. What do you know? I don't know that much more than you do, really. I mean, I've seen seen pictures of him in the comics and stuff like that. Um, I, I think he has some sort of armor uh, on him. Uh, you know, he looks like a blue beetle. Um, I every time I hear this, I think of fucking Beetleborgs, though, because the main character of Beetleborgs is blue. How have we not <laughs> so, gotten a Beetleborg movie? Because uh, no one fucking watched Beetleborgs. You shut your fucking <laughs> mouth. I watch Beetleborgs enough for twenty people. <laughs> I mean, I love Beetleborgs, but, um, yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, DC is kind of, I, I don't think they've earned enough clout, um, earned enough credit yet to uh, make some of these, again, Blue Beetle's a C character, if not lower. Um, so, you know, whereas like Marvel, by the time they made Guardians, they, you know, had already gone through a lot of their, their A characters and stuff like that and i don't know how far out blue beetle is going to be but i mean they got blue beetle they got you know those birds of prey stuff with you know characters that have only really ever been seen on you know cw like huntress and stuff like that blue beetle's never even been on a tv show um so uh we'll see what happens with that um i don't have a lot of hope for it because just dc's track record but um you know not not many people even know what shazam is (laughs) even still and it's coming out soon so uh, we'll see how successful that ends up being. Yeah, I agree. I don't know if DC can carry this. I'm not going to be surprised if this doesn't end up getting made, to be honest with you, but I hope it does. Yeah. And very excited, obviously, going to be a big thing for the Latin community. If it's half as big as it was for the black community to have Black Panther, then uh, people will be here for this. So uh, we'll keep an eye on this one. Still a ways out. It was only announced. No details besides that. So 
we will be keeping an eye on it for sure. Um, I, I sneezed because I'm allergic to this news um, that you told me a second ago. It sounds like we're getting another reboot of something we just fucking rebooted. <laughs> yeah, we we're getting a reboot of Twenty One Jump Street. I mean, there was a and there was actually rumors uh, a couple of years ago of a uh, Twenty One Jump Street Men in Black uh, movie. I would have gone. Which to that. I would have. I know. I would have, and it was actually going to be written by uh, Phil Lord and uh, is it Phil Lord and Chris Miller? Yeah. I always mess that up. <laughs> um, they were going to be writing because they did the the first two Jump Streets, and uh, they were going to be doing this and bringing the MIB universe and having Will Smith come back. He was in talks for it and all that stuff, and that would have been actually pretty sweet. That would have been a really cool cast and weird and fun and dumb. Um, and now instead, I'm very excited for the Men in Black movie, but now they're doing a Twenty One Jump Street re- reboot. With uh, the cast is Tiffany Haddish, which, you know, she's kind of getting overplayed, but I still like her. And Aquafina, which is a weird casting. <laughs> Wait, what? They're the people? They're like the kids? Yeah. Yeah. Who the fuck is going to try to convince me that Tiffany Haddish is in high school? <laughs> <laughs> right? I can kind of see Aquafina. I think she could pull off, but you're going to fucking tell me T- Tiffany Haddish is in high That's dumb. Well, I mean, to be fair, who is going to who is gonna say that Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill were in high school? <laughs> okay fine uh, jonah hill was a little bit convincing Channing tatum not so much but like yeah i don't know and they and they joked about it in the yeah. you know in the movie too <laughs> yeah. um you look they, fucking that was old th- <laughs> that was really funny scene actually <laughs> that that was the thing that worked so well with the the last reboot was that they were very self-referential they were they didn't take itself it didn't take itself seriously ever um they were they you know they were very fourth wall breaky i mean I I don't see and just because of the way that their comedy was um it worked I don't see I feel like Tiffany Haddish and Aquafina are going to play this off very seriously and try to make it a more more an in between of the the original and the reboot whereas the original you know played itself off seriously that was the premise and then the the reboot with Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill was very they meant it to be very sat- satirical and I don't know if this is going to do that. I feel like it might be an in-between or even just, you know, trying to play it off seriously. And I don't know who's involved writing it. I don't know who's involved producing and directing anything like that. I don't think Phil Lord and Chris Miller are coming back. You know, maybe they do, uh, maybe, maybe they connect it in a little, in a little ways, maybe like have ice cube come back. I would maybe be down for that and kind of have, I have the same style of humor and ice cube come back as, you know, like their, their boss and all that stuff, but I doubt it. Um, I, I'm just not on board for this. It's it's only been a few years since the last one came out. It's that it just seems so dumb to me. Yeah, I agree. I as I'm thinking about it, I could see Tiffany Haddish being like the cool one who's really accepted by the high school kids, and then Aquafina being like the geeky nerd who you know the Jonah Hill character. There are ways they could make this work, but yeah, to your point, we just fucking saw this. I, I don't know who's mm-hmm. asking for this. There are a million. If you want to put Tiffany Haddish and Aquafina in a movie, do it. Fine, find another script. Yeah, but like exactly, this seems like a really silly thing to do. And you and I really liked the the new ones, the Jonah Hill and, and Channing Tatum yeah. ones. Uh, we enjoyed them a lot, and I think most people did. So I don't see this doing very well. I think this is just another attempt to to just here are two people who are really big right now. Put them in a movie. And we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Like The Rock and Kevin Hart, which has which has not really worked, other than James uh, Jumanji, which is barely about those two. So like, um, I, I yeah, I'm 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 with you. I'm not I'm not here for this. Um, we'll we'll see how it goes. But I think you're running the risk here of. Uh, I liked you and I liked the Ghostbusters that came out recently, but I think that you're start you you're getting into that territory where I think people aren't going to like it, similar to how they didn't like that one. 
Yeah, it's just been too soon. And uh, yeah, like you said, it should. They, I wouldn't mind seeing those two in a movie together. It's not that I don't want to see them in a movie, and, or I don't want to see a, a female. It's not that I don't want to see a female-led Twenty One Jump Street. I just don't want to see another Twenty One Jump Street. Mm-hmm. Just like the same thing. The argument with Ghostbusters is like. Uh, it's not that I don't want to see another, I don't want to see a female Ghostbusters. I don't want to see another Ghostbusters, yeah. you know, it's make their own thing. And, uh, you know, like, like you just said, we enjoyed, you know, most of the first Ghostbusters, but honestly, it wasn't even for the entire cast, you know, like part of that cast was good. And then Chris Hemsworth was funny. Uh, the movie itself kind of had a lot of holes in it. Um, you know, I want to enjoy this 21 Jump Street, but you know, when I go to this movie, I'm going to want to see Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill. Yeah. When I see 21 Jump Street, I want to see those two because they, they really revived the franchise and we're not going to get that. And so I'll go, I'll probably go see it, but I don't, I'm not excited about it. <laughs> I'll go, but I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love it. I love it. Real quick, not breaking news by any means, but um, you mentioned Kevin Hart. This reminded me of this. He's actually going to host the Oscars this year. Yeah. Instead of Jimmy Kimmel. That is, now the Oscars is a tough job. Almost nobody is liked unless it's Billy Crystal. Um, Kevin Hart has has exhausted himself with me, so I'm not super jacked to see him host. But what are your what's your opinion on that? Um, I think it'll be nice to see a little bit of a change. Not that I hated Jimmy Kimmel, I actually really liked a lot of what he did. Um, some there was some pretty dumb bits here and there. I never really liked that they left the the building to go to the movie theater next door and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, so I bet there will be, and I feel like with Kevin Hart involved, he might be more involved with some of the, the bits and kind of directing the show and stuff like that. Um, I do like Kevin Hart, and The Rock will definitely be involved some in some way, um, which, you know, I, I love The Rock, so I'm excited to see him, even though I know you're, ex- you're exhausted with that whole thing. But um, So it, it'll be nice to see a little bit of a change. Uh, he feels weird. He feels more of a, more like a... He feels like more of a Golden Globes host just because his his style is very weird and sometimes crass and stuff like that. Whereas like Jimmy Kimmel is very, even though he's funny, he's very professional and stuff. So it feels different because the Oscars is always feels like much more of a, a you know, a prestige type thing. And and Kevin Hart, just the way his, his brand of humor does not, the 70-year-old the, the people who go I, I go see, who I see at these Oscar movies all the time, they're going to tune into the Oscars and, and see Kevin Hart. They're going to be like, who, you know, why is this guy hosting? You know, that type of thing. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's it doesn't seem like a complete fit. Um, but they just announced today also, too, that Andy Samberg and Susan Yu are going to host the Golden Globes. So it's not like, you know, he, he, would, he wouldn't be hosting the Golden Globes either. So uh, I don't know. It's, it's weird. Um, it's... I'm excited to see it personally, but I feel like it's just not a complete fit for the Oscars. What I know, what I know, Susan Yu. Susan, uh, sorry, not Susan Yu. Sandra O oh is her name. Oh, I like Sandra O. Oh. Yeah. I don't know why I kept saying Susan Yu. She's someone. I think she's someone. Um, but Sandra, uh, I, they, uh, they, they presented at, uh, I think, the Emmys. They presented at the Emmys together, and they were really funny. And so... Uh, they they're doing the Golden Globes. I'm very I'm actually really excited for that. I don't usually watch the Golden Globes because it is a bullshit ceremony, but uh, <laughs> I actually might watch parts of it just because of them. So I like the Globes because it's more relaxed. The Oscars are so fucking pretentious that it drives me insane. But I I don't know. There's there's good and bad to both. Um, but I like Sandberg, so I'll probably actually watch the Globes this year. Let's skip forward into some trailer talk. Uh, we got a massive release of the new Captain Marvel trailer. People have been looking forward to this. I've heard good things. Seth, what are your thoughts? So yeah, the, the, the second trailer was basically an expansion of the first. Um, 
I, I a lot of people actually I've seen a lot more hate towards it than I've seen positive. Oh, towards it. I didn't hate. I know like Jared wasn't a huge fan of it. He enjoyed parts of it, but he wasn't a huge fan of it. Um, I enjoyed it more than most. I think um, for some of the. Uh, basically we get way more full shots of her in the costume and all that stuff. And you see kind of her more of her in action, which is cool. I've seen some backlash towards Brie Larson too. And um, I I don't completely get that either because she's playing what she needs to play. I mean, her character in this is clearly going to be someone who doesn't, she doesn't know who she is at this point. You know, she's, she's a human that gets kind of, she gets infused with like Kree blood and stuff like that. And she becomes this Kree warrior, this made Kree warrior and stuff like that. So, um, uh, she, you know, she does, she, she's playing a kind of a stoic and, and uptight character because she doesn't know who she is and she has to play more like a, a mindless battling, you know, war machine type thing. And eventually she's going to break down and become more of a human again, I think. But, um, you know, that's what we see out of the trailer. Um, but the, some of the, the, the shots that they show of her, uh, you know, in full on Captain Marvel, like, you know, battling and, and like flying and, and shooting shit out of her hands and stuff like that is really cool. There's even some cool uh, parallels to the Iron Man original trailer, too, that that, uh, you know, showing her flying and shooting stuff out of her hands, which is pretty neat. So um, the, I actually like too. she has a she has it kind of goes back to the comics. She has like a mohawk because her hair she has like a helmet when she's in battle mode where her hair goes up into a mohawk, and then in the trailer they show the helmet go away and her hair fall down, which is kind of cool. <laughs> I just think it looks really cool. Uh, some people even compare it to, like, the Green Lantern trailer, too, um, because her suit is very CGI and, and stuff like that when, when she's in battle mode. And, uh, you know, that's fine. Um, a lot of people even back in the day liked the Green Lantern trailer. Um, the movie didn't turn out to be well. I don't think this is going to be, you know, this is a Marvel movie. It's going to be much more fleshed out and, and a better-made movie, I think. But... Um, I liked it. I'm, I'm excited for the movie. I'm excited to uh, kind of go back into the 90s and, and see how really, you know, technically this is where that's where this movie is where the Marvel Universe, other than the first Captain America, but this is where like the, you know, the big superhero uh, really started. So it was Captain Marvel and the shield and all that stuff. So I'm excited to go back. I'm excited to see Clark Gregg uh, reprise his role as, as uh, Coulson, um, even though I've seen him on the, on the TV show, excited to see him back on the on this big screen again, too. So I'm excited for it. I like the trailer. Um, I can't wait to to actually see this movie. I want to be careful because I'm not I'm not all in on this, so don't don't you know crucify me about this point. I like Green Lantern. I I thought it was an okay movie. <laughs> I mean, it's not Iron Man, no, but I thought it was fine. And so, and the other thing is, of course, it's going to compare to the Green Lantern trailer because she's the Green Lantern. It's the same fucking character. Just I don't know if people yeah, don't realize that she's a fucking fighter pilot who an alien race of warriors decided needs to defend Earth. Like that's what, mm-hmm. that's what she is. So yep. I don't know. I, I think, I think I haven't seen much of this. I, I saw part of the first trailer. I think she's probably a fine, I, I don't know. People are just looking for reasons to hate the shit. And yeah, I think that, to the idea of her being like stoic and stuff. Yeah. Like th- she's figuring out who she is. She doesn't know mm-hmm. what she, she's, she's wonder woman in the first movie. She's a fish out of water. That's probably going to be a big part of this movie. Yep. So yeah, of course, by the time she interacts with them in infinity war, she's going to have probably more of a character to her, but yeah, I don't mm-hmm. know. People need to chill out about the fucking trailer. The movie's not going to be bad. It's probably going to be awesome. So I, I think the thing with me about, and I wanted to talk about, so the shots that I've seen in the Captain Marvel trailer look dope. I And if the suit mm-hmm. is animated, who fucking cares? They do great animation now. Um, oh. You know what other suit's animated? All of them. When it's flying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I, this is what I wanted to ask. Do you see a good enough shot of Sam Jackson to determine whether or not they did a good job of de-aging him? Yeah, I, yeah, I, it's weird because you don't even really, I didn't even really, you know, the first shot of him, you kind of see it, but like, he's in, he's in plenty of that trailer. He's in quite a bit. And that's actually another thing I'm really excited about is like this buddy cop movie type thing that's going to be going on with him, with uh, Brie Larson and Sam Jackson. They showed some of that in the, in the trailer too. That looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, the, the de-aging, I mean, it's not like... Uh, you know, like when you first see Robert Downey Jr. in what is it? Is it Civil War that they do it? Yeah. And then, um, and then like the Ant Man's when you see Michael Douglas, right away it's kind of jarring, and then after a little bit it goes away. Um, same thing here. Like at first I was like, oh, he's younger, and then it didn't matter anymore. It's just like he's young again, you know. So um, I didn't really notice it. I thought it was cool, and uh, I think that's going to be. I think their relationship and 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 kind of their they're going to be central in the movie. It's going to be. I think that's what's really going to be what's going to separate it from like a green lantern where you know that movie you know it wasn't a great movie it was you know very fine um like you said but uh i I think that's what's going to separate it from you know kind of that is is throwing in some of this marvel lore and then you know having this buddy cop movie kind of in in it just like how ant-man had it you know like a heist movie in it it's going to be its own type of thing yeah it's going to do gangbusters because it's the lead into infinity war so Mm -hmm. you're gonna go like (laughs) i don't know I, so the the thing I wanted to mention about these fucking trailers, because the rumor is that this week we're going to be getting Spider-Man Far From Home trailer and Avengers Infinity War Part 2 or Avengers 4 trailer. And there's like six months until both of these movies. They're talking about releasing both trailers at the same time or Spider-Man first, which it's the movies after and Spider-Man is dead right now. So <laughs> I guess my my thing that I wanted to say about the trailers is just quit it. Like they're, they try to build up the, all this fucking excitement to see the trailer. And then we still have to wait six months. And it's just like the level of the level of excitement and anticipation and all of that. I get that it's going to be huge for like infinity war, but it is, it's already out of hand and they haven't even told us what the fucking movie's called yet. And <laughs> I'm going to eventually get swept up in this excitement. I know it happened for infinity war and about this, about this time out from infinity war, I was not psyched. Um, and I guess I'm just kind of annoyed with like the way that we, as the comic book and comic book movie community, like demand shit, like we're the internet is like, we must have the Marvel trailer now so that we can fucking wait six months to see what happens. And I can already tell you what's going to happen. They're going to play a bunch of soft music and show us all the people that were dead and say some sad shit. And then you'll see a teaser shot of Thanos and it's going to, it's, it's not going to give you anything like it's just going to tell you the title is all it's going to do. And I just, mm-hmm. we know that that's what the trailer is going to be. And then every outlet is going to pick it apart and pick all the Easter eggs out of it and say whether or not the movie is going to suck. And it's the same thing for this, for Captain Marvel. You're going to go see this movie and you're going to like it. So why clamor for a trailer? I, like, it's cool. You get to see some shots and whatever. But like for me, and this is, this is the reason I stopped watching a lot of these trailers because like the only thing this trailer can do is disappoint me it's not going to get me more excited for the movie. I'm already maximum excited for the movie. So the only thing it can do is disappoint me and make me hornier for the movie than I am. And I still have to wait. <laughs> so like, Gross. I guess for the, the point I want to make is if you're a person like me who already knows you're going to go see infinity war, I would suggest skipping the trailer. The only thing it can do is spoil some shots from the movie and, or piss you off and disappoint you. It's not going to help. So if you want to try it out, like I have, and I was I was supremely rewarded 
uh, in Infinity War and a couple other movies I've done it with lately. If you already know you're going to see it, skip the trailer and just let me know what you think. Let me know what you think when you see the movie if you didn't see the trailer. And that is my thought. I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to watch the Spider-Man trailer. I'm not going to watch the Infinity War trailer. And I'm not going to watch the Captain Marvel trailer. And I suspect that I will like the movie better because of it. And I, I think that other people should try it. Now, not you, Seth, because we need to talk about the trailers. <laughs> <laughs> but for other people out there who are thinking similar to me, just try it. Try it once. And I think Infinity War or at least Captain Marvel would be a good one to try it on. See, I think for, for me with like Marvel especially, I think Marvel does a good job of not spoiling a lot of stuff. Like with the Avengers trailer last year, um, they put in stuff that wasn't in the movie. Yeah, they missed it. <laughs> um, like Hulk. Yeah, and uh, I wasn't mad at that. I was I was happy with it. Um, I've never been disappointed by Marvel. The only trailer I can remember that I was ever disappointed by, not ever, but I guess in the last, uh, since we started doing this and started doing like the ride home and, and going to more movies, is Kingsman 2. Kingsman 2 showed a bunch of shit in the trailer that was in the movie. Now, I didn't like that movie, so it, it wasn't because of the trailer. I just thought that movie sucked. <laughs> so... Um, uh, that you know that that's neither here nor there, but um, I think Marvel does a good job of not spoiling stuff. And for me, the Avengers Infinity War trailer, uh, because Avengers two and and honestly Civil War for me weren't I wasn't super pumped by either of those. I mean I liked them fine, but I didn't come out of those like I did came out of the Avengers like oh this is awesome. Um, the Avengers trailer though Avengers the Infinity War trailer that got me actually more excited for the movie and leading up to it I watched that you know several times and that got me super pumped especially the music for it um so for me the trailers actually got me more excited same thing with Captain Marvel um you know I I guess I'm not more excited for Captain Marvel from the trailer um but uh I definitely am interested in seeing it but the Avengers trailer especially last year got me super pumped um will this one I don't know but you know, with with Marvel, I feel like they do a pretty good job with trailers. Yeah, we and they're all. I always go back and watch them afterwards, and they do make great trailers. Um, that's not what I'm saying, but I just think um, more people should try not watching them. And the other thing, can we fucking at least wait? A, can we at least pretend Spider Man's dead? Can we just pretend for like a week that you know, like, can we just wait a little bit after the Infinity War trailer to show that Spider Man's? I just think it would be cool for them to at least let us think that what they told us is true. Um, even though we all suspect it's not, and it, it definitely isn't, but they've, they've, they've already released official images showing yeah. Tom Holland in the, in the suit. Yeah. So. But if I'm like, if I'm like a 10 year old kid who doesn't go on YouTube, then I don't know that. I still think Spider-Man is dead. So let, let some, <laughs> let some fucking people think that that's still true. Just, just maybe try it. I don't know. I guess we're part of that problem because we talk movie news, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, that was a diatribe about trailers that I didn't entirely plan on having, but, um, I'm sure we'll talk more about trailers as they come up and maybe next week we'll talk about infinity war and Spider-Man trailers. Who fucking knows? Um, I don't know. I'm exhausted. Uh, let's move on to a movie (laughs) review. You saw a movie over the weekend. You mentioned Jake Gyllenhaal a second ago. I've never heard of this movie, so, uh, sell me on it. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that, but <laughs> um, um, not that I didn't like the movie, but the movie's called Wildlife, which is a movie starring Jake Gyllenhaal and uh, Carrie Mulligan. Oh, I like that. <laughs> um, it, all, it also has, um, you saw the movie The Visit, right? I did, yeah. Um, the boy in that movie. Oh, I hated him in The Visit, but maybe he's Why? better in this. He, his character, it was really not. He was like a little white kid who was like rapping and it drove me fucking crazy. And oh, uh, he, he doesn't, 
He does zero rapping in this movie, mostly because it takes place in the 1960s. So, uh, <laughs> okay, rap was invented. It was not invented yet, so you might like him more. Actually, I liked him a lot in this movie, but um, what this movie is, uh, so wildlife takes place uh, in the 60s in um, Montana, I believe, and uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and Harry Mulligan are the parents to the kid from The Visit, and uh, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal has just lost his job. And he worked at like a golf, uh, a golf, golf, uh, what can you think of the word? Golf course. And he was, uh, he's like a caddy and he also like did lessons and things like that. And he lost his job and, um, it's kind of lost now. He's, he's, uh, you know, drinking and sad and depressed and stuff like that. And he decides to, um, go get a, go, uh, out, uh, with a bunch of people to he signed up to go fight uh these forest fires that were taking place in the 60s in montana and so you know it's a very dangerous job of course and people are dying and stuff like that with doing it doesn't pay a whole lot of money um but he's kind of lost so he goes and does it to help and and uh carrie mulligan is his wife she doesn't like that she uh you know wants him to go get a job there's other options he, he even gets his job offered back at the golf resort um, he doesn't take it. He goes out to do this this job, and uh, because he you know wants a purpose, he wants to do something, and so Car- the the really the big chunk of the movie is Carrie Mulligan uh, dealing with the fallout of that and dealing with um, the fact that uh, you know her husband just up and left her, and they were having problems prior to that, and this is really kind of a family a family drama. Um, I I actually didn't know anything going in. I just saw kind of good reviews. And I didn't watch any trailers or anything like that. So didn't know 100% what to expect. I knew it was kind of an older, timey movie. Um, so it, it really focused on Carrie Mulligan and then really this kid. Um, the actor's name. Let me pull that up real fast. Uh, his name is Ed Oxenbould. <laughs> That's a really weird name. And he's a kid? He um, sounds like he's 95. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he is born June 1st, 2001. Oh, God. That makes me feel old as fuck. Yeah. Uh, that he's really kind of the the main focus of it because he's dealing with he he's really you see kind of early on that he has a really great relationship with his dad him and he idolizes his dad um and he wants to do everything his dad wants him to do he loves his mom and he wants to you know he he he's he helps out his mom and and uh you know wants wants the best for her, but his dad is really who he takes all of his advice from and and really loves the most and and so he's he's in the struggle because Carrie Mulligan once Jake Gyllenhaal leaves um, goes through a lot of shit and she, uh, doesn't really know what her, her life is anymore. And, and, um, a lot, takes a lot of turns for her character and, and it's, uh, it's a very interesting kind of character, character, uh, shifts throughout for her. Um, I, that's kind of where I'll leave it. Cause it's, it's they, really, it's just a family drama and kind of unfolds throughout the movie. And, and I don't want to spoil a whole lot for it. Um, performances wise, uh, all around, uh, the kid, uh, <laughs> the old man, Ed, um, <laughs> uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, for he's in, he's in about, I would say probably movies about an hour, 40 minutes. He's probably in about, about 40, 45 minutes of the movie. Uh, really the, the main focus is Carrie Mulligan. Um, she, she is, she, her performance is kind of central in terms of the, the, the big range of it. I mean, the, the kid is really, really good, but he, he's not asked to do a ton uh, in his performance where Carrie Mulligan is, is the one who does really the, 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 the bulk of the heavy acting in the movie. Um, there's one other actor that you wouldn't know. Um, I won't say his role cause it would kind of spoil things, but Bill camp. Do you know who he is? The name doesn't ring a bell. 
Um, he's been in a lot of random shit that you would know. Um, I was looking through his his uh, IMDb, but he was in Molly's Game. He was Harlan Eustace. Do you remember him? I uh, I pulled him up, and I definitely recognize this guy. Definitely like a char- yeah. character dude. He's been in a million things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's coming up to be in Vice playing Gerald Ford. He was in Birdman. Um, just 12 Years a Slave. He's been in a lot of like really good stuff, but Lawless he was in. But uh, uh, those are the really the main actors. But yeah, it, it's it really the, the main performance comes from Carrie Mulligan, and she is incredible in it. Uh, her character takes a lot of twists and turns in it. That's kind of like, it's it's different because th- taking place in the 60s, you don't see a lot of, for one, you don't see a lot of family dramas from the 60s because you look back on the 60s and you think, very like wholesome and like cookie cutter and and you know like uh, happy family type stuff and this portrays the complete opposite of that it, can, it it portrays a lot of drama and a lot of um a lot of themes that you don't see with with uh, couples and in the 60s you, you know this is something you'd see more take place now and so that that was kind of cool to see i didn't expect that i mean really the the biggest thing is is really the performances in this movie that's that's kind of what keeps you you know keeps it going through the whole thing uh the the ending scene is is really really powerful um and very it's just seeing how they how they act in the final scene is is really really impressive um i i did enjoy the movie as a whole it's kind of slow it's a slow burn movie and uh it's very you know pretty art you know art arty uh focused Uh, i did see this at like an independent art house theater so um you know wasn't surprised by that i knew kind of what i was going into in in that way um but uh i you know it's 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 an interesting movie. It's uh, very well acted, very well directed. Paul Dano directed it too. Oh no shit! I um, love Paul Dano. So, yeah, so he he did a good job of directing, and he co-wrote it with an, actually a pretty famous actress that I can't pull her name right now, uh, but she's been in a lot of stuff too. So um, very very much an, an actor's movie <laughs> because of that. But uh, I I think I've actually read a little bit about some of the Oscar stuff for it, and I think Carrie Mulligan is is a potential Oscar nomination for. Um, lead actress too so i could i could i could definitely see that she would if she got nominated she would deserve it i believe that um i don't think there was enough of um jake gyllenhaal to get nominated for this and i don't think the kid did a good enough job to to, or i don't think he was given enough he did a good job but he didn't he wasn't given enough to be nominated for like supporting or lead or anything like that so carrie mulligan though i could definitely see some sort of nomination for um maybe not quite directing or writing for paul dano but um, yeah, good movie. Um, if you're, you know, into the more arty or the more slow burn type movies or family drama type movies, um, check, definitely check it out. I, it is probably going to be one you have to see on VOD cause I don't see this being released anywhere, uh, wide, um, this, you know, coming few months, but, um, yeah, I would say check it out if it's on uh, Netflix or it's on uh, VOD or something like that. That is an interesting find. I have never fucking heard of this movie, but, uh, it sounds just, I gotta say, I love Carrie Mulligan. She is, she's, Mm -hmm. she's fantastic. Um, and my favorite part about her is she is also Michelle Williams. They're the same person. Um, (laughs) (laughs) and I like them both, but yeah, Carrie, Carrie Mulligan, super one of my favorites going back to like Gatsby, I think was one of the first things I remember seeing her in. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, this sounds interesting. I really thought, I really thought you were going to say, uh, and she can get it. (laughs) She can get it. She can definitely fucking get it. Um, especially in Gatsby, but, um, also, she's a good actress. She's talented. She's talented, she and she's she can get good. it. <laughs> nice. Okay, well, the movie is Wildlife. It gets a thumbs up from Seth. Keep an eye out for Carrie Mulligan when Oscar nomination season comes along. And Maybe. Maybe, maybe. 
uh, we were talking today. It's it, it's been a weird time for like movie releases. It's, it's been a dark couple mm-hmm. weeks, uh, but the second half of December I'm sure will be jam packed. So a lot of uh, Oscar attempting movies uh, will be part of our show in the coming weeks. So stay tuned for all that. That's gonna take us through. We are nearly to the end, but before we go, we got to give you one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. I'm I'm. I never thought I would say this in my life, but uh, there's a video online of Tom Cruise telling you how to set up your TV. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, basically there's a setting on most HD TVs that causes movies to look strange. And with the release of Mission Impossible Fallout this week, make sure you pick it up on Blu-ray, folks. um, Tom Cruise wants to make sure that our TVs are set up right so that we can watch it the way Mm -hmm. it was intended. So... There's a video we'll link to in the description box that uh, has Tom Cruise explaining what I mean. And uh, he, he directs you to um, find some instructions online about how to set it up. So, yeah, if, if, you, if, your TV, uh, if you haven't changed the settings on your TV out of the box, there are, there's a chance you're not going to get to see uh, Fallout exactly how it was intended. So listen to Tom Cruise and get your settings changed before you watch it this weekend like I'm going to. Um, my, my one more thing is something I, I brought up to you earlier, uh, late, or I guess it was late last week or early this week. Um, a show that I reviewed last year, uh, on, on HBO room 104. Yeah. Um, have you had a chance to watch what I was talking I about? I haven't. No, I've queued it up, but I uh, okay. haven't got, maybe I'll get to it tonight. Probably not. I got Spider-Man. Yeah. So room 104, uh, which is that anthology show about uh, every episode takes place in a room, a hotel room, room one Oh four. Uh, it's that, that one that's created by Mark and Jay Duplass, the Duplass brothers. And this season has been very good. I've enjoyed a lot of it and they've had a lot of high profile actors in, in this season. Uh, I have a full review when the season's over, but, um, I did want to bring up one episode in particular, <laughs> um, an episode, it stars, uh, Brian Tyree Henry and it's, the thing that I love about this show, and especially this episode in particular, is that they take a lot of risks and liberties with the show, and they'll they'll do just completely crazy, weird, fun, scary episodes. And they'll do the you know each episode's run by someone else, written by someone else, and directed by someone else. Not always written by someone else, but definitely always directed by someone else. And they. We'll just do different shit. And this episode of Brian Tyree Henry, he's Paperboy on, on Atlanta. Gotta get that Paperboy. And he's boy. actually doing... <laughs> exactly. He's doing a lot of stuff. I mean, he was in Widows. He's been in a lot of different movies. And um, it'll be interesting to see his career going forward. But um, he, he stars in this episode where uh, it's kind of a musical episode. It's like a musical recap of the night he just had. And... Uh, he does. He he, he kind of just forgot everything, and and so he's starting to replay the episode or pre- replay the night in his head and sing it. And, and it's actually singing. It's not like rapping. He's singing the whole the whole night over. Um, and it's it's very very. It's funny. It's sad. It's it's interesting. Like it, there's it just takes a weird turn. Like it's cool. It's really really cool. It's 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 easily one of my favorite episodes of Room One Hundred Four uh, that they ever made. Um, there's quite a few really, really good heart, uh, heartfelt emotional episodes. This is one too. There's a lot of emotional points in it. Um, it's different. I mean, it's, it's not, it's, it's, it's unlike anything you've seen on TV, uh, and unlike any episodes of TV you ever watched. And that's what I love about it. They just take so many risks and some pay off, some don't. 
uh, I definitely recommend checking out uh, checking out that episode. I think it's called Arnold is the name of the episode. Yep, I just looked it up. It um, is called Arnold. Yeah. Episode six so, of season yeah. two. Yep. So if you have HBO now, definitely check it out. If you don't have HBO now, um, you can have Cody's password. The email is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, get out of here. I have enough people on my HBO. <laughs> uh, that is that is absolutely in my queue and not the empty promises that I usually make. Uh, I am actually going to be watching this one soon. So um, I will, I'll let you know what I think. But yeah, very excited to check that out. Uh, it's Room 104, Season 2, Episode 6. It's called Arnold. So check that out on HBO if you have it. And don't forget to listen to Tom Cruise help you set your TV settings this weekend. One more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. That's going to take us to the end of episode 71. Don't forget to subscribe wherever it is you may be listening so you can get brand new episodes every Friday morning. Uh, follow us on Twitter at SocoShowPod, at Seth Oad, and at underscore Cody Michael. Let us know what you think of things like video games, the video game awards, this weekend what's your opinion on the trailer discussion we had are you excited for mrs marvel uh anything you want to talk about hit us up on the <laughs> tweets did i say miss marvel mrs marvel <laughs> the miss you said mrs Ms. marvel like she's fucking married miss marvel Maisel. <laughs> that's what i got confused <laughs> i would watch the fuck out of that show <laughs> oh my gosh uh hit us on the tweets don't forget to hit up the youtubes at jared buckendall be one of the thousand plus subscribers to jared uh he's got a review uh, and a reaction to the Captain Marvel trailer. I almost said it again. <laughs> so, uh, Marvel listens to Marvel. Yeah, head, head out there and see what Jared thought as well. Don't forget about our sponsors, audibletrial.com slash SoCo, 30 days and your first book for free. Free! Mathis Designs on Etsy, etsy.com slash shop slash Mathis Designs. Paid. And Mike's Wood. Very exciting, actually, for Mike. There's a store in Owine, Iowa that's now selling Mike's Wood. So they are in the retail space Gross. now. <laughs> they are in the retail space now. But if you want to catch them on Etsy, it's etsy.com slash shop slash corn fed and wed. Wood. Yeah, if you want to buy Mike's dick, just go to the local store and all one. They don't sell that, but it would sell out quickly. Uh, all sorts of great stuff in the description box. Don't forget to check that out for all the links to uh, the things that we have talked about today. Thank you very much for listening to episode 71 for Seth Ott. This has been Sponge Co. Square Beans. <laughs> Make sure you come back. It's going to be an Octaversary. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye.